On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will talk about how Matt is no longer one with the one wheel after an accident has left him looking for a Bacta tank and a pair of Vader legs. After the depression, they'll take a deep dive into Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 4 to break down its Easter eggs, cameos, important moments, and Jedi tombs. They'll talk about the 5-plus hour Kenobi movie news too, as well as an update from Taika on his Star Wars project. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of top 5 Star Wars fan artists. Punch a Chewie! Now, everybody, I got the wrong screens up. Oh, <laughs> shit. Let's get this fixed. Okay. Oh, that's Jack, too. Welcome to the Broken Leg Edition of the Star Wars Time Show. That's right, my friends. Just last week, I was sitting here speaking my truest cheer at Imway <laughs> uh, philosophy about the one wheel, and a, and a week later, while uh, the one wheel is uh, still a pretty damn fun device. It uh, it fucked me up, okay? Uh, if you're in the Discord, you, you've, you've heard this by now, or if you looked on IG, I did throw up a post in the story. Uh, but on Friday night, I uh, kind of learned the hard way to pay attention to the One Wheel's warning signs, which is called the pushback. And anyone that owns a One Wheel, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it, it's listed in directions. It pretty much says... Don't do this or you will die. And, um, you know, being the jerk off that I am, I did something and I died. So uh, I am currently (laughs) laid up with a broken leg right at the knee joint. It's bad enough that I have to go in for surgery on Thursday to get a plate and some screws inserted. Because, Nick, what I essentially did, if you picture the tibia, it connects to the knee, right? Like the top of it. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. The top of the t- my tibia now has a lateral fracture that goes directly across it, and the left side of it got impacted down. So if you look at my knee, like an x-ray, you'll see where the tibia connects, and one side of it is, is droopy. Oof. And they're like, yeah, if you don't get this fixed, your leg is going to grow crooked, and you'll have arthritis, and you won't be able to walk, so... That's where we're at. And that's just the, the first part of the puzzle of my body because uh, there could be some soft tissue ligament damage as well. But until the bone gets fixed, can't do much there. All I can tell you is when you look at my knee now, it's a big puffy mess and it just looks not normal. Yeah. I mean, Nick, there's like, there's like gullies in my, my leg that weren't there Ugh, last week. Man, yeah. I just mean. like missing sections of muscle or tendon just like all mushed up so it sucks i mean what can i say i'm not gonna sit here i i know some of you especially you know older people older fans are like see it's what you get for being 40 years old on one of those devices and to you i say fucking grow up get in shape and live a life all right i mean I'm 41 years old. What do you want me to be doing? Sitting at home playing shuffleboard on my deck with <laughs> with the uh, geriatric neighbors. So it, it shit happens. 
You know, you get in your car and crash. You yeah. get on your bike and crash. You can get on a skateboard or scooter and crash. Uh, while I will take some of the blame because I was going against the board's safety measures, uh, I, I will toot my horn. I did get the Pint X up to 23.2 <laughs> miles per hour. Um, it's rated for 18 miles an hour, Nick. So there, there may be a record in there. there you, yeah, yeah. And um, you got to call. You gotta- I, I've heard from I, I've heard from a, a pretty serious one wheeler that that speed for a Pint X is pretty impressive. So I guess I have that badge of honor. It, it definitely is not worth the pain and uh suffering and recovery that'll be going through but at least i can say i did something pretty fucking gnarly when i <laughs> wiped out i mean uh nick it was at, like i said 23.2 max speed but the ride itself which was about six miles long i averaged 14 miles an hour so i was i was hauling ass like i said i i, I was getting very very comfortable on the board apparently too comfortable and you know got got bit by the old uh, street monster just just hit a craggy part of road that i can usually handle but doing 14 miles an hour plus carving in and out wasn't quite ready for that and i may or may not have had a a beer at dinner before i went out so <laughs> a lot of a lot of strikes against yeah. me on this yeah um but hey you know you're you're still alive you're you're not bedridden you're not in the hospital until surgery not yet. or anything that's like thursday. that you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, that's thursday that's thursday but hey, you know, yeah. it, 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 it could have been worse. It could have been worse of is, is one way to look at it. So. I, I probably would have preferred a broken arm or like, Ooh, a, yeah, like, a, yeah. like a clavicle or something. But oh, well, uh, it's the same leg I spiraled fractured in my teens and was laid up for six months. So sadly, I'm kind of used to yeah. uh, how to maneuver missing my right leg. But it, it's not fun. I had myself a little... For the first time since Friday, a little pity depression cry this morning when I was trying to get down to the workstation to do some real work and get ready for the show. Because I'm, I'm looking at, I think when it's all said and done, a half a year probably of, of not having full use of my right leg and all the, just the bullshit that encompasses losing a body part. And, you know, listen, I, I know there's people out there that don't have fucking legs and arms and they're in wheelchairs that's fine. All right. I'm not asking for a pity party. I'm just talking about my mental state. I mean, I took myself out at the very beginning of summer. Yeah. It's rough. gone. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to Hilton Head in August, uh, especially not 11 hour drive. If my leg is, you know, sticking straight out from a brace, uh, I can't do shit for my family anymore. I can't fucking do anything for my kid. Can't make lunch. Can't pick her up from camp, take her to camp. So there's a little bit of that burden uh, anxiety as well. I I don't like being a big baby that people have to take care of. Um, But, oh, well, I'm going to have to fucking deal with it. Just like the fact that I can't work out now. You know, a lot of this stuff has just got me messed up in the head. But I've been doing all right so far. I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to say the same in another month. So stay tuned to the Star Wars Time Show. You never know what, what type of mental state I'll be in uh, for, the, for the next few months. I know it's always kind of dicey. You know, what, how's Mac going to be today? Um, but yeah, this thing's definitely got me feeling a little bummed out. All right, well, we lost Nick for the first time, so let's wait and see when he calls back. Here he is. You know, it wouldn't be an episode of the Star Wars <laughs> Time Show without Nick dropping out. That's just, it's like one of our segments yeah. now, right? I mean, it just, 
There's <laughs> a there's we a really should fifteen seconds every block. Monday. You you should open up a line. Yeah, you know, do your over under line at 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 uh, the Caminita Casino, <laughs> and and see if we can start getting some action on this. I'm I'm sure gambling's legal in your state. Why not? Let, let's get oh, it going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But so yeah, it was um, you know, it was great being back last week with Nick. I was riding a high. Uh, I just took Charlie uh, golfing for the first time Friday oh, evening yeah. last week, and then as they left to go to an open gym, I was on the deck like, yeah, you know what? It's it's about one wheel time. Head out there, smash some speed records, and then about 500 yards from my house, smash my leg. Here we are. All right. So uh, I do think though, Nick, going into surgery, I'm going to do a full shave of the face, and then the beard's coming back. I think I'm going to have a a busted knee beard grow yeah. you know, until, until things are operational yeah, again, just, might, might let that dirty thing yeah. come back. So. They have like a full, got, uh, you know, there you grizzly go. Adams. I, got, I, I yeah. gotta do some things to like pretend that my life isn't fucking horrendous right now. <laughs> uh, if anyone has ideas on how to like maintain some sort of physical fitness when you can't use your right leg for months, let me know. Cause I think that's going to kill me the most. Uh, I'm either going to wither away to nothing just because I'll, I'll force myself to not eat or uh, within six months, I'll weigh 230 pounds <laughs> because I won't be able to work out and I'll just give up on life and eat a bunch of shit and drink a bunch of beer. Um, speaking of which, that's what I'm looking forward to the most this weekend is getting back to drinking because that's what makes my leg feel the best, even Ooh. though I know it's one of the worst things you yeah. can do when you have an injury. Yeah. So. Be careful with that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I know because, you know, they got me on the, the hillbilly heroin and all that stuff too. So oh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see how things go. All right. Enough said on the leg. Boo hoo. I know. Wah. Shit fucking happens, right? But... Speaking of wah, that's kind of the general tone of, of the Star Wars fandom these days. I'm not talking to you, asshole. Uh, but yay, we had a new episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi released last week, part four. I, I know Nick probably fired it up today, so it was fresh on the brain. Indeed, indeed. Um, as usual, fans had their, their bitching moments. Uh, once again, I don't quite understand the critiques. Most of them are like, uh, is the series over yet, you fucks? Because we got two episodes to go, so quit quit getting angry at episodes that aren't showing you stuff that you have in your head that you think you're going to see, and just let it play out. Just like the Book of Boba Fett, just like the sequel trilogy. I may have some comments here and there, but I am going to reserve final judgment till the whole thing plays out. Critiquing Kenobi right now would be like going into a movie and walking out three quarters of the way through and saying, well, they didn't have an ending. They didn't have this. This character didn't do that, which I dreamed up in my head canon, and now I fucking hate everybody. Um, so we were back to that with episode four. Apparently, everyone was angry that... Um, that they're like, why are they trying to make us care about Wade when it was very clear Wade dying was for the characters in universe, not for us? Uh, why does why does why does it take so many lightsaber strikes strikes to kill a stormtrooper? It's ridiculous. It's like what, what? Mm. This this is what we worry about these days, people. This is what we watch new Star Wars for. Yeah, it's like he I should don't. have swung one time instead of three. Like, yeah, <laughs> come on. No, no, no. Hey, hey, one six. Open up your ears. You can't critique a series until it's over. 
if you want to critique episodes, okay, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, for most of these people, the goddamn sky's falling down every week because something didn't happen in an episode that they thought should happen. This was another one, part four. You might as well get right into it. Like, oh, eh. so dumb. What was the point of this episode? It's so stupid. The Empire's so stupid. How could they let Kenobi just walk around right by him? They're so stupid. It's like... It's a fucking fictional show. Are the bad guys ever intelligent, Nick? It's also Are the bad the guys exact ever intelligent thing that happened in episode four. Like you, not only was Obi Wan Kenobi openly walking around the Death Star, yeah. like the so biggest Imperial station in the galaxy, he was also fucking sixty-eight years old and could barely move. So he couldn't even move nimbly to get out of the way of people coming down the hallway. So like. People who are calling that out, I don't know if they haven't seen the original trilogy, if they don't remember episode four or what's going on there. But like, I guess for some reason it's okay back then, but now it is not. okay. Well, if you notice, Nick, and this isn't my original thought, so I'm not going to take credit. I read this somewhere, but every episode or every part of Kenobi has mirrored the Skywalker, the first six Skywalker movies. Okay. I have not seen that. Think about it. That little one yet, but yeah, it, it's it's legit. Okay. If you really think about yeah. it, it, it's legit. There there are moments in each one of these parts that reflect their counterpart in episode one, two, three, and four. And and you just you you made the correlation for part four right here with a new hope. You are exactly right. There was a rescue mission in an imperial base. It involving Obi-Wan Kenobi, who used a lot of uh, the same techniques he used in A New Hope. Um, so uh, I'll let you go since it's, it's fresher on your mind. What was your overall impression feel on part four? Because as Trevor's saying, he thought it sucked, which I think is a, a, a miscalculation on his part. But hey, that's his opinion. So yeah, I mean, let him have it. I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was as good as episode three, but like it's not going to be as good as episode three because that was the one where you had the the introduction of Lord Vader and you got to see the first fight between Kenobi and Vader. I mean, I don't know if if that was like a reason that people didn't like it uh, again. Like I don't look too deeply into these episodes like I watch them for enjoyment. I watch them uh, to see the story progress through. Uh, I hurt like I don't know what specific scenes people were talking about, but I heard people talking about like bad CGI. I mean, I guess uh, like it was it when he was swimming. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like what that was in reference to. Yeah. I, I don't get those either. Cause I'm like, well, welcome to star Wars. Have you <laughs> seen the originals these days or even the prequels? prequels like- I mean, they, I, so like, was it as good as three? No. Was it the worst episode so far in the series? I don't think so. I think that it was like a, a pretty average episode. Um, it was, it was necessary. We got we got the the Leia rescue, which again mirrors Episode Four. This one mirrored Episode Four pretty heavily, infiltrating a, an Imperial base to save Princess yeah, Leia. She was even on a she was even on a torture table yeah, at yeah, one point she, in time. So. Exactly. So um, I like the mirroring aspects of that between Episodes Four and and, and this particular episode as well. Um, I thought that. Um, it was nice to see Kenobi like start to, to get back into form a little bit, you know, like the episode three, clearly like he just, he was mentally racked by the appearance of Anakin Vader. 
Um, he, he, he was physically not ready to, to meet that type of foe. Um, and now you're starting to see him kind of remember the old ways a little bit. You saw a couple of moves that he did in the prequel trilogy. That in twirl, this man, right? When, when he does the twirl yeah. and pose, I mean, that, that is, is vintage prequel era Kenobi yeah. as it gets right there. So you, you, you're kind of seeing the blending between the two versions of Kenobi, the, the prequel version and the original trilogy version. Like in the original trilogy version, when he hides from the, from the stormtroopers, when he's in the, the tractor beam area and uses the force to kind of, distract their attention yeah you, make a noise yeah, yeah you know you, you you see these these parallels between the Ewan version and the Alec Guinness version and it's really coming together nicely to form this this middle ground where we are in Kenobi's life um so seeing those things was really cool um the I mean I'm trying to think if there was anything that I found like offensive I, like I, I really, I, <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's how most Star Wars yeah. fans approach it these yeah, days. So. They, they almost, what look, can I find that fucking pissed me off? Cause I don't watch Star Wars to be entertained anymore just to get angry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't really have anything that offended me, but, um, but that's not the lens that I take when I watch the shows either. Um, like I, I don't necessarily go into it, like trying, like, I don't even have it yeah, in my I'm, head, like. Oh, this was a good part and this was a, a bad part. I just kind of watch it for what it is. And then if there's something that stands out to me, then yeah, I'll call it out. But I don't think that there was anything in particular that was, you know, insanely bad in this episode. In, from, insulting yeah, to you as a fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I think if anything, like like I, I've said this before, it's hard for me to say Star Wars is is worse in any capacity. Like I just, it ain't, it's probably not going to come out of my mouth unless we're talking about the portrayal of Anakin's turn in Revenge of the Sith. Um, we just lost Nick again, but I'll go ahead and <laughs> keep going on. So. I think my first takeaway from watching the episode, I remember I do it early in the morning. I'm taking notes. I was like, Hey, it, that was the most rushed paced episode yet, which makes sense. It was, it was under 40 minutes. So we're back into that territory. I think that was probably the only gripe I could have had. I, I didn't really see the, the, the wonky cinematography that a lot of people are, are, are pointing out. Uh, I didn't get the overall suckiness feel to this episode. I mean, while it was rushed, it still had a pretty good pace, and I do think tension was built up, uh, especially with uh, Tala's character and, and the situation she was getting herself in while she was trying to help Ben and ultimately Leia. Uh, I, like Nick mentioned, I, I really, my favorite parts, obviously, were watching Ben regain his his confidence. I mean, he... It's like the moment he got out of that fucking back to tank, things started to change for him. It, we see him early on en route to Nur practicing the force on just a little communicator, and he's still struggling. But by the end of the episode, he is using enough force to contain an ocean's worth of gravity from entering a hallway until he wanted it to rip loose. Yeah. So... Uh, and then obviously like the, the lightsaber stuff's coming back and he, he struck the, the famous Kenobi pose. <laughs> so uh, it was fine. I, I even liked like the early rebel heroics or what will be the uh, parts of the rebel alliance yeah. with um, uh, Wade and, and homegirl. What was it? Solly? Wade Solly. and Solly. Yeah. I like those names. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that 
Yeah, I mean, was the episode... Hey, Trevor, <laughs> are you going to be one of these gatekeepers now? Is, is that where we're at? Trevor's a gatekeeper? I just... I just because just cause you didn't like the episode, why can't other people like it? Am I, are you, you, you like Nick now? You're I'm some big fucking idiot that just sits there and gets spoon fed anything Star Wars and smiles. Like, come on, dude. I mean, I think we ragged. You might have thought it suck. I did not. I think we ragged on Boba Fett, like when it ended for sure. I don't think that I ever really ragged on it. Like the only thing that I, that I think that I had a problem with, with that was like, you know, the, the, well, one, kind of the choice in that series to completely diverge away from the story of Boba Fett for as long as they did, and then just some decisions made around how they treated the Rancor. Um, I just, dude, I give up. I, who fucking cares? Let's just move on. It, it just, I've even started on IG. I'm just, I'm unfollowing accounts at this point in time. I just... You just gotta, I, I don't, it, yeah. I don't care. Like, I, I don't need it anymore. I like Star Wars. I'm comfortable with the fact that I like Star Wars and that I guess now it's a, a fucking badge to wear. I liked Obi Wan Kenobi part four. I'm a fucking tool, but I don't care. Who cares? All right. So I'll keep going on. Um, uh, let's, uh, I, I kind of did things different this week. Nick, I, I did a just an Easter egg breakdown, which may have been the right call. Because the video actually got viewed by a few thousand people, which is a surprise over here. Yeah. So this, this one too, the um, way that, I think the way that you titled this breakdown was good. Because yeah, I it think was that the, uh, I think that helped. Yeah, the the tune. I just I'm I'm off my game now. Like I I just I can't take it anymore with 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 certain Star Wars. People. It's like what what? Why are we here? All right, we recognize you, one six shooter. You did not like it. That is okay, but. Why are you coming after people that did? You're acting like the people we shit on every week. Jesus. Yeah, I mean this. I mean this kind of like this is kind of it's what happens. Sickening. Now, I, Nick, I now I know why you <laughs> are the way you are. Now, I I may finally be getting there. It just this is just what happens when you have way more content coming out for uh like a franchise than what had previously been coming out. So. You know, when when Star Wars was just Star Wars movies and stuff like that, it was a little bit easier to kind of take the good with the bad and then just say like, hey, well, this is just how it's going to oh, be. And now that it's just in your face so much, it's like I, I I hate feeling like an asshole for liking something. And I know I guess that's on me for letting myself get that way. But when you were just inundated with it, dude. I mean, it's like social media stories. Fuck Kenobi. Deb Chow's a stupid cunt. They can't do shit. It fucking starts. It's just, it's, it's, it starts to make me feel like a loser. It's like, am I retarded? <laughs> do I not know how to consume Star Wars anymore? Am I missing something, people? I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I disconnected because. There's no fucking little... fun left in this <laughs> fandom. It's. It, it's new. I think that's the, the problem is, is that this, this amount of content is new. So people are going to comment. People are used to commenting on star Wars in an individual like movie basis where you can say like, I didn't like this whole movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is still a little weird to, to make a series judgment based off of one episode, especially after episode three was so highly touted. People really enjoyed episode three. 
well, yeah, normal people. Trust me, there there was plenty of hate around that. Yeah. You know, Vader moved too slow. This, this, this. It got dark too quick. I mean, th- this is the fandom, dude. This this is what people want to pay attention to. Why even do like insight and breakdowns? We should just turn on the mics for twenty minutes, vomit all over it, then 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 take a dump to end, and there's the show. <laughs> We'd be famous. That that's what people want. Star Wars sucks. Kenobi blows. I could do a better job. Game over. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's get into the let's get into the breakdown <laughs> right, of the right. Easter eggs because I think there's some good stuff here with the tomb, like who's in the tomb, what they're using the tomb for, and everything. I think right. that 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 again, like, let's get into this this <laughs> issue plagued episode, as fans are calling it, Obi Wan Kenobi part issues. All right, so this is how we're going to have to probably do this now because I'm getting lazy and I'm doing... <laughs> my breakdowns are... Uh, all right, 1-6 shooter, I, I'm, I'm, we're good, man. It's all right. I'm moving on. But you literally have it in, in writing that... Uh, here, here's what you read. I don't understand how Boba Fett was okay to rag on, but everyone seems to be bending over backwards to defend, to defend a clunker episode of Kenobi. How else are we supposed to take that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we, like, I don't know if we we didn't rag on um, Boba Fett. Of course we made fun of the mod bikes, but I, yeah. I just like I'm saying now, it was nothing to ruin the series or the episode for me. It was a bad look. I, I, I don't know. We're just going to have to agree to disagree here. I, I don't think part four was just some flaming pile of shit. I, I don't get it. But if you did, that's fine. Just don't, just don't tell us or tell people like me that liked it that we're assholes for defending it. Like, I don't know how else to read into that comment. Sorry if I took it too personally. I'll move on. Um, but anyways, like I was saying, I, I do have this separate Easter egg video. We're, we're going to talk about the Easter eggs. We'd love for you to check this out. There, uh, everything's quick these days, okay? I, I, I mean, I think the Easter egg is under three minutes, maybe two and a half. And then I did like a, a, a top moments under 60 seconds, cameos under 40 seconds. So the way this um, thing is going to go is I still have the screenshots in chronological order. If you're new here, we like to break down with screens kind of starting from beginning to end. But we used to be like, oh, here are the eggs first and then the top moments. Now it's just going to kind of be a free wheeling discussion here. Um, so, you know, you're going to get some top moments woven in with some of the eggs. And there's some big eggs in this episode. And I think Nick is correct. Uh, one of the reasons I think we did get some heat this week is that I uh, I work the titles enough without being like some of these other douchebag sites out there that just friends. I'm talking Wednesday morning at eight in the morning with all the Jedi tomb names and whatnot in the title of their posts. I mean, that that's like where media is getting these days just to kind of, you know, get some clickbait like. Oh, the Jedi tomb and XXX. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I know that's the way to do it, but I can't do that. So, um, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I worked in the, the, the tomb stuff in there and, and here we go. But anyways, all right. So everyone can hear us still. What the fuck is going on today? Th- th- of any day where I'm just going to walk <laughs> off the show, this is going to be the day. I think this is the day between my fucking leg and just the, the, the fandom and now people can't hear this, that, the other <laughs> things like, what, why, like, why do I do this? 
We can make it why a short one. There's not too much why to talk about this? anyway. All right, so. let, let me let me get back on track. I'm all fucking frazzled today. You gotta, you gotta, you know, be with me here, people. I've just had my fucking entire six months ruined. All right, I'm trying. I'm trying, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's coming in here and kicking my balls over Star Wars and me liking it. It's like fuck. I I can't get solace anywhere. <sighs> okay, so here we go. Top moments, Easter eggs, scenes of note from Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode four. Already worst fucking episode of Star Wars Time Show 2022. I can feel it. So up first, Nick, I'm just going with some top moments here because I, for one, in this shitty episode, found it to be a beautiful parallel that Deb Chow and her shitty cinematographer decided to do showing Obi-Wan literally getting ratcheted down into a tank using the same type of rig that his former brother was in at the same time after their encounter. Yeah. I loved everything about it. I love how she would cut back between uh, Ben and Vader, Ben and Vader, Ben and Vader, until ultimately the, you know Ben wakes up and, and says the name, and Vader responds through the Force and opens his own eyes. But I, I like that they chose to kind of put him in like this old, very mechanical-esque back to tank. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you didn't see Luke's ass getting hung down in there by like an engine hoist like, like Ben. I mean, that was very deliberately done to parallel himself and his burnt body to Anakin's burnt body. I just, again, shitty episode, apparently, but... I love that type of stuff. That is Star Wars. That that is it was a great parallel between these two characters that are essentially attached at the hip through the force. Yeah. Yeah. Agree there 100%. So that was my 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 first moment. I, I like that and you, you got to like when Hayden finally gets some screen time even though you you still can't even tell that's Hayden <laughs> yeah, because at this point, it's been it's been more or less revealed that it takes five people to bring Darth Vader to yeah. life these days, and and Hayden plays a very 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 small part in that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure he has worn the suit, but unless he's just standing there, that ain't Hayden in the suit. It's gonna be yeah either the the stunt double or the body or, or double. the body double. Yeah, it's it's basically. Like, I think they have a guy that is, like, all about motion and, like, walking a certain way. And then you have the fighting guy who we saw in episode Which three. Which is that Tom, that Tom, Tom Connell or Tom O'Connell or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and then in scenes where Vader is relatively still or doesn't require any sort of, like, specialty movement, then it's then it's Hayden in the suit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see the next couple episodes, how they, if they plan to use... Hayden himself a little bit more um, or if they're you know well Nick they didn't give us they didn't give us the flashback in episode four <laughs> supposed to happen so now I'm gonna light this shit on fire there's two more episodes left they could still oh, happen there, oh. oh there is oh. I shouldn't get so angry about that <laughs> that was another one how come we haven't seen a fucking flashback yet it's like oh my god like come on yet we are we told you, I mean, that, that just goes to show you how many people don't actually listen to us when they, when they listen to us. I mean, th do you want the spoiler? I mean, we talked about it probably two months ago. A flashback is coming. Just fucking sit tight. See, th this like, is... come on. Now, like, I will say that, like, there are a lot of arguments for and against, like, episodic releases versus um, full drops like Netflix does. 
Right. Episodic releases give us the opportunity to do stuff like this where we can go episode by episode, week by week, do breakdowns, talk about things individually because we're all at the same point. But for people who are getting antsy and who are getting upset um, at the lack of some scenes that have yet to happen in the series, they would probably prefer the Netflix style where it's like, okay, well, here's all six episodes. You can watch them in one day if you want to. Right. And then you don't have to worry as much about like, why hasn't this happened yet is, is kind of, you know, the situation that we're in now, but it just, I I think you bring up a good point and Disney's never going to do it because they're cocksuckers this way, but just based on, I I mean, outside of the Mandalorian, any show now, it it seems like if star Wars fans don't get the whole fucking thing to kind of satisfy their head cannon, they're, they're going to raise it to the ground. Yeah, it's just like, you know, we're a bunch of impatient babies that that can know. I I mean, dude, I used to have to sit around for three fucking years to see what was going to happen next in the goddamn prequels. Three years. Yeah. With no fucking functional Internet. I mean, (laughs) you didn't have the Internet back then that you do now. Three years. You'd have to sit around. I mean, there's probably barely even a Star Wars dot com to get official news. It's like, uh, but no, these days, I mean, seven days is too much to satisfy the headcanon. And, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I used to be someone that would, you know, kind of let my headcanon influence how I felt about the creator's canon. And it's not good. It's fun to think about stuff and speculate and dream. But at some point in time, you just have to say, you know what? The people doing it had a different idea. I guess I should have fucking done more in my life and been working in star wars if i wanted to get my head cannon out there it ain't worth it just give up on it my friends that's why these days i leave it just to speculation and if i get to sit here on this little shitty show and pound my chest with a speculation win i'm not going to sit there and then just because one of my speculations bomb blame it on the show i missed all right it's okay it's okay right same for the canon people like in the same breath, they'll say, I would blow Dave Filoni if given the chance, but then they'll say, Disney is ruining a New Hope canon. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, like, do you know Star Wars, or you just sitting here for clickbait and cashing in on the fucking rage culture that we all seem to love these days? I don't know. But anyways, back to the uh, breakdown here. I have a feeling now I've just lost even more listeners and followers but who cares it's gonna be a lonely summer here at swtshq okay so um we'll we'll talk about our first egg of the episode if you will and that's when we met our friend o'shea jackson jr's roken character indeed who uh, you know i've sadly known about for quite some time because as i've been telling you all i I went a little bit further into the leaks than young nick did but i've done well and have kind of keep I kept that stuff to myself, but I, I did know that Roken was going to be one of the key players in these, the path as they're calling it, which is, you know, the Jedi Underground Railroad, but also the the beginnings of the, what will become the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the Easter eggs we get from him, he, he, he gives us a couple, actually three I counted. First, he drops Coruscant. Then he, dro- he talks about rock floaters. We all know that's kind of a, an inside an inside joke on force users. 
And then probably the coolest, at least to me, is he refers to Ben as General Kenobi. Yeah, he, right off the bat, he knew who he was. Not not Obi Wan, not Ben, just straight General Kenobi. Yeah, reaching for the old names, going back to the old times for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I I I kind of like that exchange there, which then led into a top moment for me, just because it is slightly iconic. We get. Ben and yeah, I'm calling him Ben because that's what he wants to be called. Um, he's in a new tunic, never before seen tunic for Mr. Kenobi. I mean, you can't even say this is the one he was wearing as as Sir Alec. Uh, it seems once he finally gets his shit together after the series and decides to build himself a hovel, he and Tika go shopping at the local uh, Jedi outlet, <laughs> and you know he gets his his old man robes, but. Um, yeah, being, being connected to the path, it looks like they, they kind of had a closet full of old tunics and, and Jedi gear. So it was nice seeing him back in the tunic, which to me, Nick was kind of the, the first visual sign that he's ready. He, yeah. He's, he's getting closer and closer to the idea that, you know what, if these fucking regular people are out here risking their lives and, you know, Tala saving my ass for no reason. And she's an Imperial spy. What is my dopey ass doing on Tatooine feeling all sorry for myself? And, and him donning the t- a tunic, a proper tunic, not his disguised tunic that looked just as Jedi as this. I feel like to him was a subconscious decision to kind of reconnect to the force in full. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it was so like a, a page turning moment for him for sure. All right, so while uh, the next Easter egg we got coming, it really didn't pay off until the to the end of the episode. But when they are battle planning with Wade, Solly, and Roken, Ben mentions T forty seven speeders, and immediately I was like, "Uh oh, there's." I wrote it down. I was like, "All right, they at least mentioned the snow speeder model." In case anyone didn't know, that's that that's what the model was. But then at the end, obviously, we, we get them. They come and save the day. I, I kind of like that moment. I don't know. These days, like I said, like I, I don't know why I do it, Nick, because I, I'm confident in who I am. But like saying I like something about an episode that everyone is telling me is awful makes me feel like a douchebag. So there. Now I'm kind of expl- explaining myself a bit. Uh, but we did get our, our, our T-47 mentioned. But also... While um, it doesn't look like Solly is a cameo because my Erskine got a legit credit at the end of the episode. That's who played Solly. Yep. Uh, Wade clearly was a cameo and he was played by some dude named Ryan McLaughlin, who if you saw what's his name, Jonah Hill's mid 90s movie, I guess he was in that and like one or one or two other projects. I'm guessing he's a friend of of Chow's or, or someone and, and they threw him a bone and got him in. Yeah. Uh, but he was our, our lone cameo of the episode. Um, okay. So, um, I, I kind of screwed the screen for this. There was a Balnab mention for you Clone Wars junkies. Um, in fact, if you remember the episode from the Clone Wars called Nomad Droids is probably one of the, one of the, one of the slower uh, ones for sure. One of the, uh, work more or less, scroll up the chat a little bit. And and go through your Instagram stories after episodes air. Maybe maybe you've missed that fun. Uh, but there there's a few comments in this chat right here that says it was a a clunker to to quote. 
Uh, but anyways, uh, when Reva is doing one of the first interrogations of young Leia, she mentions Balnab. And as I said, that was a planet featured in the Nomad Droids arc from TCW, which, you know, hey, probably not the best of episodes whenever you'd get a full-on Droids arc, but I think it's the one where, you know, R2 and C-3PO are, are marooned on this planet with a bunch of other droids after a mission gone bad. Yeah. Um, so we got that, that mention there. Uh, moving right along, this is just a, an Easter egg here. And this is Ben breaking out his Jedi underwater breather. Yeah, from episode uh, you one. Know, the, the, the same one we saw in episode one. And Nick, if you pay attention, he also uses it in episode three upon his escape from, from Commander Cody's dumbass yep. trying to shoot him down. Yeah, because he gets dropped uh, into that Utapawan pond. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, once again, little Leia, Vivian Lear Blair, again kills. I love, yeah, I uh, love. But her. I, I, I loved her line, just deadpan. When she's like, "What is this? Are we? Are, is this a staring contest? Yeah. <laughs> you know?" When <laughs> I just, you just gotta fucking love it, man. Yeah. I mean, this little girl, I think, is what eight, nine, ten in real life. I think she's ten, yeah. I think she's ten. And the the fact that she can channel. The emotions, both the way she delivers lines and the way she physically contorts her face is amazing. And, and it's like, I, I, I fear for this girl. Like, she's killing it so hard as this young lady that she might kind of burn out. Like, when, what was that other really great young actress? Did, Dakota something? Oh, Dakota Fanning. Yeah, she she was right. One, she was but, in yeah. war. You know, she was in like Tom Cruise movies and Mel Gibson movies, and mm -hmm. she was great. And then just kind of kind of fizzled out. But you know, it, it just you can see Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia in this little lady every moment she's on screen. If, yeah, and, and that line where she's like, "What is this hysteria?" I mean, that <laughs> is such a Princess Leia yeah. with Carrie Fisher's attitude infused line it, right did you not if there's ever a case for like spirit inhabiting somebody else it seems like carrie fisher has literally yes, come dude. down and just inhabited the body of vivian I, while she is acting in this show because she really is just absolutely killing it as as young leia in every sense of the word yeah i'm 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 with you it's just it I think you're on to something. I mean, either her parents or herself did some sort of dark magic, <laughs> yeah. like some voodoo stuff, yeah. you know, uh, because really you, it, it's hard to pull out Carrie's persona from this little girl as she's acting as princess Leia. I mean, she has perfected it. I don't, I don't know what type of research she did. If she went and watched other stuff of Carrie Fisher or interviews with Carrie, um, but she's a better Carrie Fisher than Carrie Fisher's actual daughter. Yeah. Than, than Billy Lord is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a horrible thing to say, but uh, I think it's true. Yeah, no, she fucking kills it for sure. For sure. I okay. So moving back into some egg reference territory as Ben is infiltrating and making his way around Fortress Inquisitorius. Uh, we hear the Inquisitors deploy uh, the Seeker droids. In fact, they are the ID-10 model, the bigger one, the ones first introduced in uh, Battlefront 2's in Inferno Squadron book. Uh, th these are not the ID-9s that you would see that um, I believe the Seventh Sister used in Star Wars Rebels that was, you know, like small enough that it would sit on her shoulder like a parrot. 
These are a little bit bigger, not not quite the size of a of a probe droid, um, but bigger. So nice little. I believe this is our first live action secret droid. appearance of an ID ten or yeah, a secret, a secret droid, droid in general. In general good yeah. Call. Mm-hmm. yeah, good call. Uh, and as Nick brought up, and it's almost identical outside of the location he's at, and this is another egg. But Ben, just like he does on the Death Star, used the exact same trick on two stormtroopers who were just kind of, you know, talking about normal life, just like the, the stormtroopers on the Death Star bridge are talking about, hey, did you see that new speeder model? Yeah, you know, that type of shit. And Ben, with the force, kind of makes them hear a sound off in the distance. So uh, that, that was a, a, a direct callback to that moment in A New Hope. Uh, but it, it was also just kind of sticking on the theme. It's like Nick, the, the further Ben went into the fortress, the longer, you know, the, the further we went into the episode, the more and more he starts to look like Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. and not Ben Kenobi cave boy. Exactly. You know what I mean, yeah. so yeah, I mean, using the trick here an hour earlier, he couldn't even pull that fucking communicator to himself using the force. So it, it's happening. It, it, it's happening at like a an in an increased rate. Once he gets on this mission, you can see it. Like his skills start to exponentially increase with each scene that he is um, featured in. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. So here was a big one here, both top moment and for Easter eggs, and that is when Kenobi stumbles upon the Jedi tomb. So earlier in the episode, we. we, we it kind of gets teased when Tala's like, you know, what the fuck are they doing here? You know, like when she, she breaks into the the security room or whatever and is checking shit out. Sorry, I'm just in the leg here. It feels like someone's stabbing me. Oof. And she's like, yeah, there's something down low that's super security. It's, well, I think she was saying what a lot of power is being dedicated there. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. But Ken- Kenobi ends up finding it. And lo and behold, these sick motherfuckers have a, Jurassic Park like Jedi tomb at the bottom of Fortress Inquisitorius. So that's a big reveal, and I want to spend some time speculating on that with you, Nick. But before we get there, let's just call out the Easter eggs here. Yeah. Um, if you're on the live stream, which we'd love for you to join in, especially if you want me to yell at you. Sorry again, Trevor. I mean, I sometimes I get things get personal. But we love you. We love having people on here. We do interact with the fans if you're in that type of shit. But if you do like the live stream or if you want to try out the live stream, 2.30p East on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. So if you're here, we are looking at uh, kind of the pulled back hallway shot of the Jedi tomb. And one of the first Jedi you can see is clearly an Angry. And through my detailed research on the internet before I did my egg video... I decided, along with a few other diehards, that this has to be none other than one of the most famous Jedi of all time, Coleman Kaj. That's right, <laughs> Nick. You know, Nick has a Coleman Kaj tattoo on his back. Right, he didn't. Right. He, he didn't. Uh, you know, he didn't want to show anyone because he didn't want people to copy it. Uh, but yeah, uh, there was an Angry that gets wiped out. I think in. Attack of the Clones, but but uh, Coleman does survive, and I believe you can see him briefly in, in Sith. So that's what we're going with. That first guy there that essentially has ears for eyes, if that makes sense. Like his ears fold down, and then his eyes are at the end of his ears. I mean, he's pretty he's a pretty ugly motherfucker. Like I, I even think the Predator 
would not go out on a date with Coleman. I mean, he is, <laughs> he's got a jack looking face. I mean, you can argue predators are much more um, uh, visually pleasing aliens than uh, Coleman in his angry race. All right, so we had him, but really the big one, the one that got a lot of people excited, especially the young ones and those um, Clone Wars fans, is we finally get to see the fate of Jedi Master Tara Sanube. That's right. This guy was featured in, I believe, seven or so episodes of the Clone Wars. He was uh, featured in a main arc with young Ahsoka. Um... And it, it never was clear what happened to him after Order 66, as, as is the case for a lot of the Jedi, right? I mean, unless they were shown on screen dying or in comics or, or animation, we, we truly don't know their fate. Yeah. And even if it's in comics, they can be changed like they kind of did for uh, Deepa Balaba and, and Kanan, thanks to Bad Batch. But it was great to get to see this character who's, who kind of became a fan favorite just because he was a very old I, I we've even learned now thanks to the high republic he was around during the high republic era yeah I, mean, I don't know if he gets as old as a yoda type of alien but clearly his his race lives for centuries so yeah i, I think it was a smart choice by by deborah and the gang to kind of have kenobi's realization moment be focused on this character from the clone wars because she's told us nick that hey that we we're not so much trying to have connected tissue to the Mandoverse, but we're definitely trying to have it to the prequels. Exactly. Yeah. And there, there's no better bridge than this type of stuff when you're bringing over, yet again, thanks to Disney Plus Star Wars live action, a fan favorite animated character gets their live action debut. Um, <laughs> debut. Yeah. So let's do a little speculation here. What the fuck do you think is actually going on in this tomb? Is it purely trophy in, in the dark side way? Or is this the building blocks of, of Palpatine's dark science on Exegol? Yeah, so that was my initial thought. And, you know, you, you mentioned the, the Jurassic Park type of crossover here or similarity with them being trapped in what looks like some sort of amber type of... Um, type of material and that was kind of my first thought and i don't know if it was influenced by me seeing jurassic park and knowing that they extracted the dna from the amber blah 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 and all that but my first thought was like okay wow so what they've done here is they've essentially given themselves a massive supply of jedi dna yep. to yep. experiment with you know yeah because because to me man this doesn't seem like them picking up corpses and then freezing them. This seems like they were alive and, and almost like the carbonite process. Yeah. They got flash frozen in this shit. I mean, the, the perfect example to kind of, of back kid. that point up. There you go. Yeah. Look, look, look at the fucking youngling. I mean, he that that look on his face isn't oh, I'm dead and now I'm frozen. It's oh shit. I just got fucking frozen in stasis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so it. It is like they're almost frozen in carbonite and, and being preserved. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that that's got to be what the deal is, because we know that cloning is just an, an, like an important part of, of Palpatine's whole plan, whether it be 
uh, you know, in the beginning when he's got this clone army, whether it be at the end when he's cloning himself. But but the goal and the aim was always to figure out, like, can we infuse force powers? Can we infuse force ability into cloned people, cloned bodies? And we saw that or I mean, the intention was, you know, in in episode nine was to have the Sith troopers who were supposed to be this this first batch of clone soldiers that were successfully imbued with with force powers on it. Now, obviously, we didn't get to see that in the movie because we barely got to see Sith troopers at all. But that was, to my understanding, what the intention was. Uh, So this is definitely, to me, the early days of like Palpatine starting to tool with like, hey, preserve all this Jedi DNA and let's just fuck with it. Let's just start to pull blood out of these guys. You're you're dead on. I I think it's twofold. It it, it was to create some sort of infused force, but also for him. Like, yeah, I mean, a yeah. lot of it was his his backup plan, his his Darth Plagueis light plan yeah. to stay alive and, even after. And dying. I wonder, I wonder if this will ever come up. But I mean, we already know that Palpatine was in a weakened state after his run in with Mace Windu at the end of Episode Three. Like he wasn't weak enough to not be able to fight Yoda. But like he he was definitely weakened by that experience. So I wonder if like almost like rich people do now, where you just have like blood transfusions. He's eating with yeah, he's eating like stem cells, yeah, like, like like fetus stem cells. Yeah, like he he may literally just like you know every month or so he may have a blood transfusion, and he I uses, mean he is the he is like the point zero one percent of the galaxy. Yeah. So he, he would have access to exactly. That. So I, I wonder if like part of it is just like going to him maintaining his current form, and then also experimentation with, like you said, his his attempt at immortality, being able to transfer his essence to another right. body that is already force ready, juiced up, and exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it all plays into it, and the, the story. It's sad that they have to backfill the story of the rise of Skywalker, but they do the, the way Palpatine's return was handled. It's a fucking wide open canvas. There, there, there is nothing. I mean, there, there's been blurbs in the comic book that, yeah, Exegol was at least up and running with a lot of the star destroyers built by the events of empire strikes back. I mean, literally he, he's on Exegol with Luke's hand experimenting on force soldiers. Um, so they're, they're slowly but surely showing us his fixation on this shit and, and how that led to Exegol and him being able to survive in a clone body for all these years. But think about what he wanted, Nick. He needed ultimate force essence to finish the job and restore himself. So yes, he, he was trying to crack that nut. Like what, how much force juice do I need from a highly midichlorian count individual? to return me to my actual form. Exactly. I mean, you even see him transform and tross from the zombie husk to Sidious. Yeah. I mean, he becomes the guy again. Yeah. I, I also wanted to mention just in episode three, we didn't talk about it at the time, but like we're talking about parallels to other things. And I know that nobody likes to talk about parallel parallels to sequels, but as Vader said to Kenobi when they were standing on Mapuzo and, and you know, everybody, everything was about to go down with the fire you know, uh, this is what you made me that kind of mirrors what, uh, what Palpatine says to Ray and Kylo after he drains them, look at what you have made, 
you know, that's that's another yeah. interesting little, yeah. little parallel there. So, no, it is like if, if we go off the idea that each part of Obi Wan Kenobi is going to somewhat mirror slash parallel episodes one through six, tomorrow's episode could be dark. Yeah, yeah, right? if we, absolutely. It, it could be it could be a bad guy win type of episode. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that it, that, it that, may that, call that's one for of my it. predictions. Yeah, it definitely calls for it because that was a big win from the uh, from the light side there, getting Leia out and only losing one pilot. So right, and, and what do we know at the end? She they're tracked. So I mean, this episode five could honestly be Vader coming down with his fist, literally, yeah. and fucking up Roken's Jedi path and all that. Oh, shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. Um, yeah, and, and I guess the other thing we could kind of talk about this Jedi tomb is like, all right, well, what ultimately happens to it? Something has to happen for us to be at the point of the Mandalorian where Moff Gideon is tripping over himself to get one ounce of force juice from Grogu. Yeah. So clearly this place goes to piss. Yep. Or- <laughs> something with this, something with this plan goes to hell. And, and the other thing I want to bring up before we move on, Nick, is if you remember, at the end of Bad Batch season one, they clearly established that I think was it the Wayland or Wayland Mountain or the Wayland facility where they they abducted Nala Setu for her clone expertise. expertise. Yep. And, and and we're talking that that was probably nine years prior to Kenobi. Yeah. You know, if we if we think the first season of Bad Batch lasted a, a year or just under. So they've been at it for at least nine years now. Yeah. So it, it makes perfect sense that they're setting up essentially a, a satellite a, a facility. Un- <laughs> exactly. Or just this is where they produce all the juice to kind of keep things separate just in case one base gets attacked. They, you know, it's their disaster recovery plan, if you will. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I have to imagine that Fortress Inquisitorious, if it doesn't get destroyed within Kenobi, which I, which I don't think it will. We're going to have to see the the destruction of Fortress Inquisitorious within some type of media prior to the Mandoverse um, for them to literally be starting. Or even a new hope. Yeah. Because you could argue the Inquisitor. Nah. Yeah. I mean, the Inquisitors. I (laughs) I think they're gone by the time. Like, I'm just going off the comic canon here. Yeah. And both in the, I know in the Star Wars one, when Luke has to go get a new lightsaber after Empire Strikes Back, he ends up going to a Jedi temple that Vader more or less imprisoned the Grand Inquisitor's spirit in to torture him for his failures in Rebels. But I don't think once we get through the Rebels timeline that the Inquisitors exist anymore. It's like they killed that program. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. But we'll see. I mean... It just depends on how far they want to take it and then how how often or how long Jedi, like the, the Star Wars Jedi game series goes. Because I imagine that Inquisitors are still going to be a pretty big part of that since they were in the first game. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. And apparently, apparently Cal made his trip to Inquisitorious five years before Kenobi. Uh, okay. That's kind of the chatter I was picking up on there. Uh, what's this? We got a theory from Bat here in the chat. What do we think of Kenobi and Skywalker were a dyad in the Force? Now, you know, I wouldn't 
I think the only way we, the only reason we can refute that pretty, pretty definitely is that Anakin is considered the chosen one, which is a different prophecy than the dyad, which I know the dyad was created again for the rise of Skywalker to justify whatever JJ wanted to. Yeah. Um, but it's like Anakin, he's his own anomaly where the dyad is something different. I, yeah. I, I don't think the force would make the chosen one a dyad. How's that? Yeah. I, and like, I'm just going to just say for my own personal angle, I don't know enough about the dyad or dyads Dude, I don't, in general. I don't think JJ did or anyone. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, we, say, we can pretty much write the, the Wikipedia entry yeah. on it. So like, I don't, I don't know enough about it or... Or if it is like a prophecy driven thing or if it is just something that happens naturally or something like that to know. But I what I will say is that um, if it's Anakin and Obi-Wan, almost definitely not because of the um, because of the angle you said with um, him being the chosen one. And that seems like it would be at like conflicting points. But yeah, it's like it's like, OK, force, you're being a little too kind to this one individual. You, you not <laughs> yeah, only you birthed him. You made him the chosen one, but now you're also making him a dyad, yeah. which is almost pa- more powerful than the chosen one. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. So spread, spread, spread those midichlorians around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll wait until we get the um, the Filoni explanation on the dyad before before we yeah. start to speculate. It, thank on it you. Far. And that, that these days that that's about <laughs> all that I'll I'll look for is when if Dave has something to say on it, fine. Yeah. Or even George, if if George comes out and he says, you know what, I don't own it anymore, but I created it, and the dyad's fucking stupid. I'd be like, well, that's what he said, and that's what I'm gonna go with. <laughs> okay, yeah. so all right, well, good. I, I'm glad we kind of spun our tires a bit on that tomb. Um, and, and it is it, it is interesting to think the fate of Inquisitorius because it's got to make it at least through the Rebels timeline because the Inquisitors are still around, even though I don't think it's ever shown in Rebels. I can't remember. It's been a few years. Uh, but you would think, yeah, if if once we get to the fall of the Empire that they're literally hunting down babies to to try and siphon dna out of it, it probably doesn't exist anymore yeah yeah uh, nor nor does that mountain facility that was introduced yeah, in, that, in bad that Batch. has to get wrecked somehow too yeah okay so up next uh i, I f- yes this is a an easter egg when tala kind of had to spin a story for reva i, I by the way anyone else kind of a, a big fan of Tala and just how Indira is bringing the character to life because I am. Yeah, uh, I, I dig it. I think I, I I think this Tala character has been great for Ben. Kind of kicking him in the ass without kicking him in the ass. Like she she fully knows how to handle Ben Kenobi in his mental state. Like she's even the one. Like listen, dude. Not only do you gotta let your physical self heal, it's your goddamn head. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to get your mind right, my friend. And she's also the one showing him like, I don't have the force and look at the risk I'm taking to help force users and help people um, that need help. Yeah, I see. So I, I that- the character's perfect. I, I really think she's turning out to be a great, a great little side character. Yeah, I think that that her and Roven, Roken, not Roven, um, I think that. Kenobi getting off of Tatooine and seeing how much these people are putting into the effort to to oppose the Empire is actually like 
is helping him immensely because you could tell that on Tatooine, he was just in a state of complete and utter despair. He's like, yeah. it's, it's over. It doesn't matter right. what you do. But he also didn't have any sort of insight into like the grassroots movements that were happening all over the galaxy already. Like, and just seeing some of that, seeing that through Indira's character, seeing that through Roken and seeing everything that's being put into this, just this one mission, just this one mission to save Leia is starting to really give him, I mean, for lack of a better word, hope, like to, to, to renew his yep. hope of, of what could happen. I will say the only thing that, that, that I was like, wow, that, that really kind of was wonky to me in the episode is when she literally just like slapped the stormtrooper in the face to get away. I was like, I know stormtroopers are useless, but man, these motherfuckers. Can't well, I'm glad they're, they're, I'm glad you bring that up because that was another <laughs> moment. But there, there actually, there's been a bunch of um, 501 members that have come on to defend that and be like, listen, if they spin, your I can't helmet. tell you how many. I was like, I can't tell you how many times I've been at, at cons and people come up and, and slap my head and it is very disorienting and uncomfortable. So, um, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I get it. Like I said, like I, I see this stuff, my friends. It just, it doesn't affect the story to me in any way in what I am watching. It's like, whatever. It's, it's the fucking movies. Okay. Yeah. Let's reestablish that. It's the movies. In fact, it's some of the craziest type of movie you're going to get, science fiction. Like, not only is it fake, but it's science fake. So you know it's going to be way the fuck out there in left field. It's okay. It's okay if some of the action looks a little wonky. Story over visuals. For me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think she's fantastic, and obviously her, her death will just leave... I think will be another push for Ben moving forward. And in the end, I know we're only four episodes in, but to me, this series is doing its job of showing how someone that went through what he did at the end of episode three, losing everything and in, in failing at his main charge in life, how that, how someone could go through all that and then end up like the somewhat jovial and positive Alec Guinness Kenobi. Like, come on, people. Let's think about that. How do, how do we go from Rots Kenobi to insightful Kenobi? Yeah. The, we're seeing that growth. It's already been paid off. So if anything, even, even if we don't get all the headcanon we want, I'll feel that this series has at least shown me as a fan how this human Jedi who lost everything, his home, his friends, his disciple, you name it, gone, and had to cut himself off from the one remaining friend he had in Yoda and live in a goddamn cave. I mean, <laughs> that, that's going to work anyone over. So I, I, if anything, I'm like, okay, yeah. you're, you're giving me that. You're telling that tale how that Obi-Wan Kenobi survived that trauma and became this guy small small steps was, you know we're yeah we're, who was who was like so so uh positive that he was essentially lying to his yeah. pupil i mean we from we, a certain point of view yeah exactly so it, it's it's the small <laughs> steps we're getting we're getting to the the a new hope kenobi in short bursts right now with with season one of of kenobi so yeah but anyways, the, the reason we wanted to, I wanted to talk about this moment, it's not because we love Tala, which we do, 
But she gives us a Florum drop. And again, if you're a fan of the Clone Wars and a, a fan favorite character who goes by the name of Hondo Onaka, that's the planet he and the pirates would, would shack up on, Florum. So it was featured multiple times in those um, Hondo-centric episodes. So, um, you know, just it's that little shit that I enjoy. And I will. Some, there was a fan who kind of asked, but Nick, if, you're, if we're looking at the image of Indira in the Inquisitor's office room, the items along the wall, when I first saw it, I was like, are those lightsabers? But then I looked, and a lot of them look too similar, so I just kind of dropped the point. Looking at it now, what, what's your take? If you're looking at that image in the, in the post there. Or anyone on the live stream. Did you guys think there were lightsabers back there? It, it's hard to tell, but I mean, they are... I mean, maybe these are... I mean, it's definitely not Inquisitor lightsabers, because Inquisitor lightsabers right. have a very specific shape to them. It's almost like, again, like the, the trophy yeah, stuff, like, 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 a, like a display case. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe those were some of the lightsabers from the people in the tomb that, like, right. since they weren't killed, they were captured and, and then frozen or whatever you want to call it. You know, they they pulled them off and they were like, hey, this is going to be our display case. This will be our display area. Yeah, I, did, I, was, I was ready to run with it. But like I said, the more I kind of zoomed in on the episode, they, they looked almost identical. I'm like, all right, well, they wouldn't be that lazy yeah. to just but, use the same fucking prop over and yeah, over. It, so, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could just be like a simple design aesthetic within right. this room yeah. or something like that. Yeah, they, they like long, be. long, stiff poles in their office. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what the Inquisitors are into. Exactly. But it is it is a curious shape for sure. Definitely yeah, okay. all looks right, like all right, a all right. lightsaber from a certain angle. All right, so th- this is a moment that I, I enjoyed. I thought Ben's rescue of, of Leia was, was pretty cool. I, I like the choice to do that one scene in all dark, even if it took him four slashes to take the one guy down. All right. What, what do you want me to say? I mean, it, it's not like in the originals we saw stormtroopers losing body parts like they should. It just it is what it is. I mean, maybe he just fucking hated that one stormtrooper and wanted to <laughs> whack him five times. I thought the visuals were cool, where it was that he, he darked out the lights, completely blacked out the room, but they kept like the floor lights on. And then uh, similar to what we get in Attack of the Clones with Anakin when he cuts the lights to look cool fighting Dooku, mm-hmm. you, you, you get something like that where you don't see shit and then you get that blah, 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 flash the light and gone. And the other trooper's like, oh, hello, anybody, you know, like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then, you know, he shows up and, and takes him out. And obviously, I, I took a screen of him doing the iconic uh, Master Kenobi pose after he whacks one in the hallway. Yep. But I, I just, I enjoyed the whole rescue. You, you know, just the look on Leia's face when she realized that Reva was lying to him and Ben was still alive. And he actually did come for, uh, you know, the bond between these two at this point. We have to say, I think, without any critique, is already stronger than what he and Luke ever achieved, at least before Obi-Wan became one with the force. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like these two are tight. I I mean, at this point he is her godfather. Yeah. He's, he, he is stepdad really. I I mean, mean, they are friends. They are, they, they love each other. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely trauma bonded more than, Luke and Obi-Wan ever were even even though Luke went through a great trauma when he was with Obi-Wan in the beginning of episode four 
like with the you know the death of his aunt and uncle at the hands of the empire and stuff like that like obi-wan didn't necessarily go through that the same way that luke did these two are sharing a very traumatic experience together and that tends to bond people um you know, I mean, at this point, Leia almost has to get an I love Ben tattoo and he has to get a matching I love Leia. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just something like that. You never like, you never see or, it. You know, it's on ben his, is Ben is my homeboy and Leia is my right, homegirl. Yeah. Something just, like that. He gets it on his ass. So nobody ever gets to see it <laughs> you know, on his right butt cheek. Uh, but I, I, I actually liked these sequences. I thought they were they were shot well. Uh, anyone else kind of get the Fallen Order vibes when he's holding the window? I know in Fallen Order, Cal uses the windows to his advantage, mm-hmm. but ve- same type of hallway, same type of scenario where a Jedi is using the Force in one, f- one way or another to use the water against uh, foes in pursuit. Yeah, I also think that like this whole sequence of like Ben actually being in combat is really interesting to watch because it's all instinctual at this point. Like you, we, and that's how I, I, I know it looks kind of wonky cause he's just sitting there going, the CG's in, not in yet, Nick, but like you, I kind of was like, you know what? He's, he's just letting the force guide him at this point. Yeah. Like he's, he is not, he's not Rots Kenobi, yeah. not by any means yet, but he's getting there. Yeah. But you can see that the force is guiding his hand. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Is that like it's not perfect. It's not vintage Rots yes. Kenobi that you're seeing. He, he still looks rusty. Yeah, he's rusty. He's coming back into it, but the instincts are still there. That like those force instincts yep. being in combat and no, just like your body knowing what you have to do you know, that kicks in, which is why when, when they're in that hallway, if this is Rots Kenobi and they're in the hallway with the water, there's no way he deflects a bullet into the window. Like he sends all those things back right where they came from. Those dudes are dead in 15 seconds, but this guy has literally been sitting in a cave for 10 years, never using his force powers. He's, he's got to like, you know, he's got to get back to his old form. So um, I, I, I'm going to be able to relate to it because like Ben for the next probably three to six months, I'm not going to be doing what I usually yeah, do, yeah. at least from a physical standpoint. So when I, when I finally get off my ass and I can walk again, I'm not going to be able to, to, to work out the way I used to exercise the way I used to probably even ride the one wheel the way I used to because of that rust. Yeah, both physical and mental, and th- and that's what we're seeing here. And I guess that's why I don't take umbrage with with this stuff so much. I th- the story to me is still I'm I'm getting the beats I need to get. Uh, but Nick, that was a great point that you know Kenobi would not miss like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he might miss and ricochet into a wall, but not into a window that's going to kill him <laughs> and his his ward. You know what I mean, like. He's not going to miss that bad, so yeah. that, that's a very, very good point there. Uh, yeah, that was, I don't know, I, I, I dug the rescue, and that's where you, you, know, you really start to see him take, take form. But a rusty form, as Nick points out. Nick did not think his, his form was quite up to snuff, and I agree. There was definitely one moment where you're like, oh, yeah, you could tell they're just like, all right, you and go, go like this. <laughs> bing, bang, bing, bang, boom, and we'll take care of you in post. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it looks good. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think your explanation is fair. He, he was just letting the force kind of move his hands because he wasn't quite ready to yeah. 
let it flow through him like it used to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. So Ben's rescue. Um, he escaped. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, I guess just we'll, we got two more eggs to finish, so we might as well do those. But th- those black stormtroopers you saw, those were indeed Purge Trooper 2.0s. I know there's some complaints over their helmet, not that we really even got a great close-up view of them, but those are purge troopers. They're not anything else. They're not a new form of death trooper or this, that, or the other thing. They are purges. And then, of the course, you got to love that they, they literally gave the mouse droid almost three three or four seconds of I screen know. time, which I was like, <laughs> you know, that that's pretty fucking hardcore for an Easter egg. But, you know, uh, Ben shoots his ass or like deflected Deflects a bolt into his ass yeah. and it, he gets all flustered and does his little wee, 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 peels out and he's on his way. But you got to throw the mouse droid in there as our final egg. All right. In, in terms of the, the remaining top moments from Obi-Wan Kenobi part four, um, I, I'm not going to lie. And again, you, you could argue that, hey, the visuals could have been tightened up. This is a Star Wars TV show after all. But I did like the T-47 saving the day for, the, for a few reasons. One, I've always been a fan of this ship. I don't know why. I, I've always liked the speeder, or as we were introduced to it in Empire Strikes Back, the snow speeder. It, it looks cool. It sounds cool. It, it, it's kind of like the Star Wars version of a helicopter, right? I mean, it, it's, it's not meant to really be a spacefaring vehicle. It truly is more of a speeder, but it can hover and stop and turn on a dime just like we saw both wade and solly do it i mean wade rolls up on reva and just fucking stops like you would get you know a, a black hawk or something yeah and just starts opening fire um, but it just i i did get tension in this episode maybe i'm stupid i don't know i watch these things early in the morning so you can't accuse me of being on any sort of mind enhancers i'm, I'm seeing them straight up um but the, the, the tension, the, the standoff with Reva and Tala and the good guys, like, what's going to happen? Are they just going to shoot them all in the circle? We know they're not, obviously, but yeah. how are they going to get out of this jam? And then these people show up yeah. who were kind of reluctant to even get involved. So exactly. I don't know. I, I kind of dug the and, save. And I think that one thing that people, I didn't see, again, like I don't, I don't really go on social, but I know that, that one thing that I saw with it, even within the comments of our like question of the week was like, well, snow speeders, they're using snow. Why are they using snow speeders? Blah, blah, blah. But what you have to remember is that's how, like you said, Matt, like that's how they were introduced to us. They were introduced to us as well, the there speeders is, they used on Hoth. But yeah, e- even if you want to get dorky, dude, they had to mod them for Hoth. Exactly. Like they had to make them snow speeders. They weren't meant for yeah. snow. Dude, they even, even in episode five in the beginning, when, when Han is going to look for Luke, they say, the speeders aren't ready. They still have to, you know, they still have to be prepared to go out into the cold. So like, that's why he took the Tauntaun. So these things weren't like built for snow or built specifically for cold environments. That's just what they had. Like as a rebel uh, group, as a rebel alliance, like you don't have access to top of the line ships, materials needed to to build these types of things. Yeah. It's like, they probably found this shit at some junkyard and they were like, Hey, look, we can get it back up and running again. And as long as it can run in atmosphere, like it's, we're, f- we're fine. We can use it. So like, I don't yeah. think that the, the intention of these vehicles was ever to be like, this can only be used in cold weather, which may have come off that way. Or people may have assumed that 
um, seeing them again in this episode. I think that they're just, they are atmospheric vehicles. They can't be used in space as we see at the end because they have to get on that other ship and then go. Like they are in atmosphere speeders that that can be used on different planets. So, All right, so Trevor is asking, how do they get through a fortress? Is there no air support? There's TIE fighters hanging all over the place, but none of them work. Well, I mean, they're not manned. Part... Part of it is storytelling, and yeah, I mean, did, did they know they were coming? You saw how long it took the Empire to scramble forces on Scarif after they realized that Rebels had infiltrated. I mean, yeah. the Rebels, they, they already had the damage in place, and I, I think considering it's a science fiction property, we could argue that Roken was able to stealth that ship in, mm-hmm. into the atmosphere of Nur dump off the speeders close to the base and and here we go. Yeah. I, I mean, that, like I said, that's just stuff I'm never going to get hung up on. Yeah. I, it just, and, and like, it, it's science fiction. I mean, we've seen it. How, how does, how does Tom Cruise fly the F 18 the way he does in Top Gun Maverick? I mean, yeah, I think that how, how they pull off that battle, the, the end of mission in Top Gun Maverick, it's the same thing. It's a fucking movie. Yeah. That's how I look at like, it. Like, I think that especially with this, to, at least to my knowledge, like, Fortress Inquisitorius isn't a place that like everybody knows where it is. Like, you know, it it was supposed to be a relatively, I mean, if I don't know if it's top secret, but it's definitely a secret base. That's why, you know, broken has to kind of break down like, Hey, this is like, we found out this is where it is. This is where they likely took her. So in the case that it is a secret base, like you're probably not going to have your tie fighters, like, with people sitting in them ready to go at all times. We even saw that in episode seven, like when, when, when Finn is, is when Finn and Poe are sitting there and they're escaping and Finn gets in one of the tie fighters that that's like hooked up to the side of the building still, when he tries yeah. to take off, like they don't even on that facility, they didn't have people like ready to go in case of incursion. Like, I don't, I don't know if, if that was necessarily the, like what was thought? I mean, same thing with the Death Star. I mean, the Death Star gets infiltrated by the Millennium Falcon in the first episode in in episode four. And like, did they not have like turbo lasers that were ready to go on the exterior well, of the station? Well, I think I think the argument against that is that they the Death pull, Star pulled yeah, in pulled the tractor in. beam. But point being, you had a scoundrel, a Wookie, and a farm boy essentially infiltrate the Death Star, not get caught, steal the, the Death Star plans, more download the entire Imperial network. Yeah. And, get and got away unscathed. Yeah. So I mean like that that kind of <laughs> even, shit. Even though Vader even though Vader let him go. <laughs> that kind of and shit happens. If, a if lot. this is how we're looking at it, the Empire knew the rebels were on Yavin 4 and they were going to attack the Death Star, but they still let one single X Wing blow it up. So Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very similar argument to how the Empire let two snow speeders uh, infiltrate yeah. uh, Inquisitor. I, I just think that like in, in cases like that, it's probably because like the readiness isn't at its height because. And when here's the other, since when have stormtroopers been a competent force? <laughs> that's true. Because that, that's that's what I'm seeing now. Like there are troopers. Every, I mean, 
the biggest meme in Star Wars is stormtroopers can't hit the broad side of a barn door. Like, I mean, they're dopes. Yeah. That's just what we've been led to believe. They stormtroopers haven't done anything impressive yeah. in any Star Wars. So, like, I mean, you so. literally had a hallway full of stormtroopers running after Chewbacca and in, in, in Han Solo yeah, in and, Episode and, and Four. Get like, you had at least twenty stormtroopers that were opening fire directly down a straight hallway at them and couldn't hit them. Bro, they, they ran into formation. Yeah. Like the, the, the stormtroopers, there was like a whole fucking battalion in, in one of the hangars they ran into and ran back and they still yeah. couldn't catch it. And, and like, it's it's Star Wars. Yeah, like if, I mean, if that's like, I get it. Like if we're starting to get tired. Imperial hubris as, as Devin yeah, says. Like if we're starting to get tired of the trope that stormtroopers suck and can't do anything, I get it. But like, you can't say that there's no precedent for what has happened here. Like we've, we've seen it. We've seen in, exact in, stuff like this happen in every trilogy. And in the end, just like how our beloved heroes in A New Hope end up getting away, what do we find out? There's a caveat to the I escape. let them get away. Exactly. I let them get away because I put a tracker on their shit. Yeah. So Vader did it in episode four. Reva's doing it in this episode four. See the parallels? But I don't know. Maybe when it's presented this way, um, I, it just... I. I it's hard for me. Like I understand everyone has their opinion. Like I don't want to go down this rabbit hole again, but it's, I don't, I don't know. I just see star Wars in a different light. Like I'm watching it for entertainment. I'm not too worried about what it looks like and, and what should be happening. If this was a, a more real or true to life scenario, I know we can't wash away everything with, Oh, it's just sci-fi. But I mean, this, this Star Wars is no different than the decades worth of Star Wars we've been getting. The, 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 the much more superior force is always made to look a fool by a much more yeah. undersized faction. By, by That's the just plucky, how it is. you know, resistance or the plucky rebellion or, you know, the upstarts and stuff like that. That's just kind of how Star Wars has always played it is that the empire or even the first order, they look buffoonish. Like that's, that's been from day one of Star Wars. Like, they've always looked buffoonish, so. And again, if you believe Reva was planted from the get-go, why would she not let them go? There, there was, as, as Connor's saying, there was no direct orders to shoot to kill, stop, nothing. I mean, oh, well, hey, like I said, we did, some people just watch it differently than, than I do. I'm just, uh, I don't want to make myself again sound like a clown that just sits there with my mouth open and, and Disney's wee-wee dripping into it, and I'll just sit there and smile, but I, I saw it for you know, a little rescue heist, and here we go. It was, it was a little too quick for me. That's about it. Um, so I, I did like the rescue and just kind of how it, it relieved that tension there that clearly other people did not feel, which is, which is just okay. All right. Best part of the episode, clearly, Angry Vader. They're, they're, you're never going to talk me out of this. I'm, I'm sure he did something wrong or looked wrong to someone else or other fans out there. But just walk, watching him storm through that hallway, not break stride, right into the force choke, and I'm going to kill you. I mean, that, that's the guy I love. I mean, that, that's the guy we saw on the bridge uh, or in the hallway, the, the Tanti Ford doing that to... Uh, uh, homeboy there, Antilles, Captain Antilles, like, hey, I want this shit, and I want it fucking now, snap, you're dead, I mean, I just, I love that rage, and sadly, none of that was probably Hayden, but we all get to pretend yeah, that it that is, is. And, and I always feel good thinking that he's back he, there he doing was, all this. He was that. somewhere on set when that <laughs> happened. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's essentially doing what Mark Hamill's doing yeah. in the in the Mandoverse. He gets all dressed up and he stands there and he, and he does the does the scene, but then when they actually hit say action, they they pull him to the side like, and put right, in no, a body put double. This guy in. All right, here oh, we go. that poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. But uh, I, I just I love the visuals of it. You know, it starts with him real close up. He's storming through. Then you get that wide shot and he's holding her up there. And, you know, she gives us that that big reveal like, uh, you know, the old the old choke talk to save herself. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. I don't know. I mean, you got to read about how they bring Vader to life. And from what I've heard, people on the production, Hayden is not really in that Vader suit much at all. Uh, They even have a, 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 a girl that is, she's part of the Vader team just called like Vader movement expert. Um, so I, I think it's this, I, f- I forget the guy's name. It's not Tom, but it's, it's, he's got a very Eastern block European name, you know, like, like Victor Slovakin, something like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Hayden's in much of these. Uh, and last but not least, and hopefully I won't cry this week like I did last week, but I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Uh, well, hell yeah, Lola's the tracker. I mean, they, I yeah, thought they made yeah, that pretty Lola obvious. Lola is one hundred and ten percent the tracker. Yeah, but <laughs> when um, you know, Leia's witnessing the fallout from her rescue attempt, and I, I've noticed that the other thing fans are memeing or picking on is the fact that Wade died, and for some reason they thought like that was supposed to that was meant for fans. Where I'm like, no, this was. And at least to me, it was it was meant to establish the you know the price of getting mixed up in this type of rebellion for Roken's faction, but also to show Leia that this is life in the Empire, Princess, mm-hmm. not what you're seeing on Alderaan, and realizing that you know people are sacrificing themselves to save others. In this case, she was the other. But then just her looking at Ben and seeing that Ben. It just looks exhausted, but also I think she also realizes too that he is getting his mojo back, and she reaches out to to hold his hand. It's just like, oh, I can't talk about. It. I'm gonna do it again. I can feel it already. I can I can feel it in the back of my face. The eyes are welling up. It's just what a fucking beautiful gesture by her, just reaching out to hold that guy's hand. Like, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I mean, thank you. She's definitely starting to realize what everything around her means now and like what what the empire is really about but yeah i don't i don't know like i i didn't think that it was supposed to be like an emotional like heart tuggy moment but yeah it's like i i can only nick i can only report to you what i see in the fandom and and even today i saw multiple there's a, like memes like oh the death wade it's like <laughs> it's like i don't know uh connor the the, the all i'll leave it at is Hayden is not six seven, and you know they, I don't think they're, they're they're trying to strap him into like tall walking boots all the time. So yeah, he might have he might wear it here or there, but from people that have worked on the show and have talked to me, it, Hayden was sparingly used in the suit. Yeah. So who knows? There's a good chance he might have been in that scene, uh, but but just because Vader's on screen, don't think that's Hayden. It's probably one of the two other guys, just because they're naturally bigger than he is. Yeah. So I think I may have found an article that that we talk about who 
like how many actors play it's okay so here it is so tom o'connell is vader when he is fighting and then Demetrius yes. Betrevsky is Vader when he is right, sitting so or standing in his Victor suit. Victor Slovakin was was close though. Yeah, I'm you were you were you weren't that far so, off. Yeah. So De- Demetrius <laughs> Betrevsky is Vader when he is sitting right. or standing. So likely. And then there's a girl that sh- that teaches him uh, how to move, yeah, like like a, Hayden, like a movement right? expert. Yeah. So and then so what they say is Betrevsky is the stay and sit Vader because he's over six foot six. So he's. He has the size. He has the presence that yeah. is required. So any, for Vader. Anytime Vader is standing, that's not Hayden. Yeah. So I mean, if you get a full shot of him standing, that's not Hayden. Yeah. You need that size, and I, I believe that Hayden's like not not quite that big. I don't know if he's sub six foot, but he's not six six. Uh, he's six. He's six foot flat. So the guy's a full half foot taller than him. Um. So yeah. So yeah. So so maybe like the shot of. You know where it was Vader walking towards camera, maybe probably Hayden. Yeah, that could probably that could Hayden. be Hayden because you don't see his full size. Right. It, it's it's where things get dicey for them. And uh, thank you, Nick, for finding that. It, it is. It's. I remember now. It's like any full body Vader shot where his whole body has to be in frame. That's not going to be Hayden. Yeah, he's just not. He doesn't have the size for it. So. That'll be uh, Dimitri. Victor Slovakin. What's his last name? Petrevsky. 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 Yes. Yes. That's, yes, that's him. Yeah. So, so yeah, those are your Vader's time. But hey, Hayden, Hayden's getting the, like my, all my buddies say is like, listen, Hayden's just getting a fucking payday. Like, oh, just, yeah. just feel good for the guy. So it's all good. Uh, but yeah, little lay again with the, with the heart wrencher, at least for me. I, I don't know what it is with her. I'm sure it's definitely subconsciously tied to myself, my daughter, my own weird relationship with star wars to my own father but uh, anytime she has these moments with him where she's her and and ben one-on-one it's it's like a gut punch but in a good way it makes me feel like a human a little bit Woo! there you go there you go yeah jared so let's talk We'll, we'll speculate a little bit on future kenobi here but i i think there's a good chance we do get some form of broken mask Vader. Uh, I think it's almost a guarantee. It would be a wasted opportunity not to do it in live action. Uh, just knowing how cool it looked in Rebels. In Rebels. So, yeah, I, I I think we can pretty much take it to the bank that we are going to see battle damage Vader, in particular, a little bit of the face and and. Yeah orange red yellow eye leak for sure yeah. i think so yeah that may come when we uh when we get to see the final f- duel yeah the final duel where kenobi gets the upper hand over over vader that may be how it ends um so you think let, let's let's kind of lay down some thoughts for tomorrow so for, for um part five depending on when you're listening to it who gives a shit you understand uh, if it does mimic as the other parts have in, in some form or fashion Empire Strikes Back, I think we have to uh, potentially prepare for the, the darkest of the episodes. Yeah. While Kenobi might get some sort of a win, maybe he actually does finally get Leia delivered and, and we can move on from that storyline or there is some sort of happy reunion with the path on Jabim. I don't think that's going to last long with Lola being the tracker and Reva still kind of doing her thing, trying to suck up the Vader. It seems like, and just look how intense he was thinking that Kenobi was lost. 
I don't think they let that breathe. And I think we get right to Vader and the Inquisitors tracking uh, the, the, the whole fucking path faction down on Jabim and, and maybe shit getting squirrely. Yeah, there. I think that we, uh, we may see the death of both Roken and Tala in tomorrow or tomorrow's episode. Yes, possibly. Yes. So it's it's rough, man, because we only have two left and, and the episodes have been getting shorter and shorter. So is that trend going to continue? And, and these are going to be quick hits or are they going to let things breathe a little bit? I would love to get back to the, the, the 50 minuters for these final two. But as we found on the show, my friend, when we kind of ask the force to make to give us longer Star Wars, it, it, it slaps us in the face <laughs> and gives us less. I mean, I, I, I will say that, like, if you if you really look at this season. It's been go, go, go from episode one, like the, the show. I mean, like what we have seen has been an unbroken series of events for the large part. The only thing that you haven't seen in full is like transit from one planet to another, which is usually only going to take you what? few hours maybe a day depending on where you're going well you remember last week it was funny when i was watching the beginning of this episode it's like well you know we eventually got around to the fact that they were just going to fast forward to him being taken to the good guys and healed because they, they didn't mess around like yeah. they, they just picked up they were on the ship close your eyes he's in a fucking he's on a stretcher close your eyes he's in a back to tank yeah. so they, they definitely moved along from part three yeah. into part four very quickly so i mean yeah i mean I wonder if we will get a period of like, all right, a couple of days have passed or like a week has passed yeah. or something like that. Cause, cause up to this point, I think the probably the longest period of time between any episode is at max a day or, 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 or maybe two, but yeah. If that, yeah. Right. So you, you know, maybe we have the possibility of like, but to, to me, it seems like, all right, this just goes down at Fortress Inquisitorious. Like, we, we're breached. We didn't know what happened. We were not prepared. Like, the first, especially Vader. Vader's like, get in the fucking ties and go now. Like, there is no wait and see where they end up. Like, the tracker's planted. Like Trevor said, we have we have the, the ties here. Get in the ties and get on it. Like, and I so I feel like episode five is going to be, potentially be another fast-paced episode because... You may see Kenobi and and the rest of of the crew get to Jabim, and then boom, four or five hours later, the Empire is descending. Um, yeah, like what if you get that uh, orbital bombardment? Yeah, like we got you in. Know, we, we've never seen it in. I mean, we got it in the sequel trilogy, yeah, exactly. but not not in the the traditional Imperial sense. So um, that that would be kind of wild. But I I think part five final speculations. It's going to be dark. Uh, it's going to look like the bad guys are going to get a win at the end, I think. I don't, I don't quite know what that win is. I, I, you can't take Lay again or that'd just be fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't think that's the uh, I, I think like Nick said, it's probably taken out some of the, the spies. Maybe Tala goes down. Roken. And uh, I'm with Devin. Hopefully, you know, Ned B for life. Hopefully the silent yeah. one survives. Uh, but I, I, I think it's going to be uh, Jabim's going to take a hit and the path is going to take a hit because of uh, the mission they gambled on. But if you think about in the grand scheme of things, they they gambled on the right force user to save in the end. Yeah. If this is going to be one of the last force users, the path helps from the Jabim location. Their sacrifice is going to be paid off in spades down the road. 100%. Yeah. All right, so there you go. A little bit longer than usual, but 
It was fun. All right, yeah. So I actually, we, we just got a question in the chat, Nick, in the live stream here. Again, if you're new and you want to join the live stream, we do it Tuesdays, 2.30 p. East on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Otherwise, make sure to give us a follow, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. If you're on the stream now, like it, leave a comment, tell everyone that Matt's too emotional. And he is a Star Wars sucker. <laughs> but yeah, someone just brought this up. What, what are our thoughts on the theatrical release after the finale? So uh, it is a thing, Nick. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Only at Cineplex, so it's nothing I'll be able to make. there. I, I, I ran it by me, and it looks like I'd have to go to fucking Canada to find a Cineplex. <laughs> Uh, but you're you're looking at a five. They have it at five hours and twenty minutes, which I guess doesn't bode well for the runtime of the final two episodes, does it? Yeah, um, I mean, we're already what into we're at least three, three hour, and a half yeah, hours, three right? hours and thirty, three hours and forty in. So yeah, if you break that down, yeah, maybe maybe you get like what fifty minutes per the last two. Maybe do we, do we even get that? Anyways. Uh, there is, it looks like it's going to be a limited release. I don't know. Is, is it just this one day, June 22nd? Uh, but you can sit down and watch five hours and 20 minutes straight of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So what do you, what do you think on that, Nick? Is that something you would, you would get up for these days or no. since you've already have seen it, it's like, why, um, why marathon? Probably not. Um, well, one, five hours and 20 minutes, long fucking time to sit down for anything. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know if there's any theaters around me. I'm trying to use their theater search and it's just not happening. <laughs> like it's, it, it's actually just not giving me the, the option to search it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that I would go to it because like you said, I've already seen all of them. Um, and you know, I, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, five hours, is a long time to sit down to, to watch anything. Um, and the one thing that I would be interested in was like, if they had the Q and a separated out to where it was just like, you know, you could, you could just go and watch like their, their pre-recorded Q and a, then I think that that would be cool. Um, yeah, I'd pay for that. Yeah. I, but I don't think that I would go watch the whole series again. Um, yeah. I, I would do it if I was going to the screening where like the creators and the stars were at. And then at the end, they were going to get up on stage and, and talk. That, that's about it. But um, um, I think I'm too old for a five hour, 20 minute marathon. I, I'd go crazy. Yeah. yeah but um, yeah, I, I'm looking at this and the nearest theater to me is in Devonshire, England. So I don't think I'm going to be yeah, able so this, to make this is it. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. This is like international think, anyway. Yeah, this, so. this is not an American, like a, a US-based release. Yeah, that makes so. sense. I'm like, why am I getting ads for the Bank of Nova Scotia here? It's like, <laughs> yeah, this is, well, there you go. This is definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, maybe they're doing that because they're not in those markets. Who, who the fuck knows? I mean, if it was brand new, maybe, but like Trevor's saying, um, it, it's hard. I I've seen every episode at least three times at this point. Yeah, you know, I I I already go overboard when they hit Disney Plus. Yeah. So outside, of just like like Kung Fu saying, yeah, if you could sit in there and and have a, a good old fashioned powwow and pass the peace pipe around <laughs> nonstop. Yeah, I would have to be there. It, it would have to be a theater of 
of friends and, and fellow fans, yeah. that, you know, like we like, yeah, like, it, like an event. Exactly. Like if you could like do like a theater rental type of thing, then, then maybe, but uh, other than that, like one, there's, there's nowhere around me that's doing it. And two, like even so like the, the longest I've ever sat in a theater was probably when, when Taylor and I did our, um, our Lord of the Rings, um, you know, 25th anniversary, uh, watch at the Alamo draft house. And like that return of the King, like return of the King was already long. Plus you have a Q and a after it. So I was probably in there near five hours at that point. And it just like, did you wear a diaper? <laughs> no. So like, that's what I was saying. Like, even if it's something you love, like, you know, I, I love Lord of the Rings. I love star Wars, but it's just that length of time. It, it wears on you. It's like, okay, like, this is getting to the point of like a little much now. Like you can't pause, you can't take breaks. Yeah, you can go pee and stuff like that. But if you're the type of person that's like, I don't want to miss anything, then you're going to have a hard fucking time. <laughs> like you, you really, that would be me. I mean, even though I had seen all these probably six times before it came out to um, theaters, I I'd probably still would refuse to get up and whiz feeling because of that, that I never like feeling as if I'm missing something in a movie. Yeah. Like I can't do it. I, I at a movie theater, it, it's a, it's a zero negotiation. Like I don't care how bad I have to go. I'm holding it. I do not miss a movie in the movie theater, especially if it's the first time through. I, I don't know how people get up and leave a movie the first time they've seen it. Uh, it just, it doesn't compute with me, but I'm, I'm a fucking weirdo. Like I, I need to see everything from start to finish. I can't miss a scene. Cause you never know. It could be the scene, right, Nick? So, yeah, it could be. Uh, well, I, I guess if you live in Nova Scotia or, or Nick said somewhere on the moon, you can go <laughs> watch the the Kenobi movie, June twenty two. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I wonder. You know what they need to do on Disney Plus at least is is just drop the full version, right? No, no bullshit in between. Like no credits. Just, just drop it. Yeah, all the, the whole, together. yeah, the whole five twenty. I would take yeah. that and probably sit down and and try that. Maybe get out on the deck. Although this summer, I don't know how much deck living we're going to be doing, because the, uh, the 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 human deck setter upper is now has lost in, incapacitated for the time being. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm in the fucking shop, so that that's probably going out the window. Yeah. There's no way Heather's. I mean, dude, I every night of the weekend if it's nice out. I, I carry out a huge flat screen TV, <laughs> my Roku stream bar that also has a wireless subwoofer and satellite speakers, <laughs> and I set up a solo stove fire. So it's just like, that's probably all gone too. Yay, one wheel. <laughs> all right, last little topic before we get into the fan segment for the week is a little update from Taika. I guess Taika's in the Lightyear movie, Nick. I don't know if he's voicing one of the characters. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. My power just went out, so we may want to. We'll zip through. Wrap this we'll quick. zip through. Well, I, yeah, I, I know I'm on battery backup with the internet, but eventually it's gonna it's gonna drop out. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyways, all all Tyka said is, uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is like, hey, uh, yeah, Tyka's gonna be up first, probably 2023, but in these interviews for Lightyear, he's like, um, I'm still writing it. So. Yeah. Uh, he's still writing the movie, but he's saying he really wants to expand the universe by doing something new with new characters only. Yeah. And it's specifically, like, I don't want to be dealing with Chewbacca's grandma, this, that. Yeah, I think thing. that All right. his intimation during previous interviews when his movie was first announced as well. So this isn't 
not surprising is what I'll say. But yeah. All right. This is fun. Let's let's everyone put up a timer and see how long we can go before my batteries <laughs> run out and the internet completely drops. Oh no. Oh no. All right. Here we go. Fan segment, so, baby. Let's just say, hey, yeah, we're, we're let, let me uh kind of micro machine through this now that you can barely see me only through my screen light on the stream here. Uh, we're we're gonna get through this quick. This is the iconic Star Wars Time Show fan segment. You can get there two ways. The best way to get there is just go to our Instagram account. That's where you'll find the question of the week every Tuesday, and you can participate in our hashtag and tagging contest features, whatever you want to call it. Hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Ready? Go. Question of the week. Up first, the question is, let me get the screen flicked around question here, of course, is, I'm taking it easy. What was your favorite or least favorite part from Obi-Wan Kenobi episode four? Notice I added the negativity back to the question for better participation. So, Nick, what do we got first? What do we got first is from Mr. Rippick Tan. He says, I freaking right. loved this whole episode. Watching Ben shake some of the rust and relearn his saber twirls and defensive sidesteps. Also, you'll probably never go over this, but... We, as the audience, are not supposed to care about Wade dying. Come on, people. His death was for Leia's growth. Oh, we went over yes, it. Yes, yes, we went over it. His death was for Leia's growth towards the princess we meet in A New Hope. The last moments when she holds Ben's hand, uh, when she holds Ben's hand, it's her really coming to grips with what people are going through around the galaxy. Who are fighting and running from the Empire? This episode was about her learning how dangerous and brutal life really is under Empire's rule and poor Master Sanube. Um, good, st- very good. We can't really comment much more, but yes, yes good, good agreed. stuff. Uh, <laughs> next up, up next, two seven nine seven Studios says my favorite part had to be Kenobi's skills showing themselves. Seeing him using the Force again was great. The saber scene breaking out Leia was dope. The little spin with his saber too. Good shit, man. Loving it. Seeing Hayden working the suit too. You may have seen him work the suit. We don't know. <laughs> yes. May or may, may not. May or may not. Visual approach photography says, I like that they allow her to land a random well, spacecraft on the flight it was, deck. It was her Imperial spacecraft. Yeah. Remember, she is in the she Empire. She is in the so Empire. Fix that. And don't ask for identification until 30 minutes later when she tries to walk yeah. through the Sith. She is an officer <laughs> and she didn't go through any checkpoints. It, it, yeah. So, okay. That episode. All right. All so logic. visual did not like it either. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Next. Golden State Trooper says, favorite part was Kenobi connecting with Vader through the force in the back to tank. Part I like least was just the pacing. It felt like it moved a little too quick. Uh, because of how quickly the episode moved, we got those flaws where Imperials ba- barely noticed anything. So pacing issues for Golden State Trooper. And then the last one is JTivlo50 says, favorite seeing Obi-Wan fight like his old self again. Least favorite, Tara slapping those stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not like Tara either, whoever that is, but don't slap any more st- stormtroopers, Tara. I think you meant Tala, but Tala, we get the yes. point. All right, that's question of the week. Now moving into the <laughs> fastest top five you're ever going to get oh, because yes. I don't want my computer to shut down either just uh, abruptly. Yeah. So uh, I I, uh, I look at Instagram a lot and feature a lot of cool Star Wars content that fans create using hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Nick picks his favorite every week, and here they are. Here they are, <laughs> starting off with at underscore. Do you, do you hear my UPS I going off beep, nonstop? Beep, a little bit. <laughs> The countdown has started. We T minus five. All right. Yeah. It's the final (laughs) countdown. Uh, (laughs) All right. right. Brick pick at underscore brick pick underscore has an awesome Lego recreation of a scene from episode three of Kenobi where the stormtrooper falls on that 
that energy gate. Oh, the lights are back. <laughs> We've got power. In. We've got power. We can slow all the roll. Right, slow all the right. Roll. Now we <laughs> feel a little bit safer now. Ah, feel a little bit safer. You got to love it. It's always something new at the Star Wars time Frantic. show. You truly do not know what you're going to get. It's either going to open with the host getting all pouty <laughs> or the host power going out and us having to rush through a segment and then the power coming back. There I mean, how about some storytelling, my friends? You're, you're living through an experience today if you're if you're watching the Star Wars Time Show Live. Exactly. How exciting is this? This is reality TV at its best. This is All it. Right. All right. So, so, we, so we can take a deep breath. Go ahead. Take a breath. Coming back in. <laughs> at at oh, underscore brick pick underscore. Uh, the Lego recreation of the scene from uh, Kenobi episode three where the, where the stormtrooper falls through the energy gate and cuts himself in half. Um, what I really like is that he, I mean, from what it looks like, he literally just took the still of the gate yeah, and totally. then cropped out the actual trooper. Yeah, and he, then, blo- he blotted it. Mean, you could see it. He kind of painted out the, the stormtrooper's body and then just overlaid the yeah. uh, Lego minifig. Uh, on top and it still works still a thing of beauty yeah it still works it's you still should works hear great. how much shit is clicking on and off over here i'm waiting for the clacks on the start <laughs> you know it's it, it's yeah, like ooh, it's ooh. you know the alarm they finally decide to use in in and kenobi the, part eight end. yeah at, at the end here but oh man i mean i got i got lights turn on all my phillips hue they they automatically turn on after a power outage my tv just turned it's on. like the end of jurassic the park so, so when exactly the, the furnace is like clicking off and on I'm like holy shit yeah. I'm, like, I'm gonna get hit by shrapnel finally, something's gonna blow up down here they finally get all right anyway a, sorry a unix system. now it um proper top five delivery okay deep breath here we go <laughs> yes brick pick great shot there my friend nick i'm glad you picked it uh, legos uh, for us this one got a lot of love for a lego shot Indeed, it as did. it as it deservedly should have gotten so cool shot there brick Indeed. pick at underscore brick pick underscore damn it this little egg attack mall is showing up more and more it's like i should just get him Dude. i know he's on amazon but at this point, with all the damn health insurance, gotta gotta lay low. Yeah, yeah, and gotta take a little bit of a break. But that's what we oh, see. Dude, we're, we're on we're on a high deductible, um, flexible spending account. So I'm gonna be shelling out lots thousands, lots of to, dollars to start for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but this this egg attack figure that Matt was talking about, <laughs> this shot comes from at Geeky eighty three, and what we see is the egg attack mall. And I've never seen somebody something look so cute yet so vicious in one shot. So what we see, I do. I wanna, I wanna go hug. Him, I know, right? Right. I wanna, I, I wanna be friends with this Darth Maul. He, I wanna be f- best friends with Egg Attack Maul. He just looks so precious. All he needs is a guiding yeah, hand to to take him. He's in like the right a cherub direction. and devil cross. Exactly. Like it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, he looks as Nick said, cute and cuddly, but in, in the same moment, he'll slit your wrists or cut off your head. Yeah, exactly. So. um Oh shit! I forgot to uh, switch the photos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you yeah, share oh the photos? Goodness, We're right. still seeing Slack says says Sorry. Jason, but yes. Um, so I'll continue to talk about this for a little bit. Oh, here we'll go back to the first one. Let get everyone at least let them look at it once. Yeah. Since Nick and I hogged all the screen. There you go. There's Brick Pick. Sorry, Brick Pick. Brick pick. Good thing we have some fans paying attention because clearly the the guy running the control room is not. <laughs> that is me. The, the so, whole control right, room just shut pick. down. So, 
Um, but yeah. yeah, hey, there you go, Jason. Now you know what it feels like for people that listen on the podcast. They probably just tune the fuck out. They're like, what, what is this? What are these guys talking <laughs> it's like, about? What? It's a radio show, that's why, that's why we try to describe <laughs> things to you. Theater of the mind uh, here at the Star Wars Time Show. Um, but yeah, so so this Egg Attack Mall uh, posed. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much posing you can do on these, but holding his saber out ignited, you have some good... Um, lighting and atmospheric effects happening yeah. in the background that really kind of sell that he's in like a, a, a dark chamber um, with with one single point of light coming in behind him. And yeah, so... I mean, Dude, you know what it is with this figure? It's He has like the... For some reason, mall figures get articulated eyes. Okay, so you not can... A lot all... of, not a lot of figures do, but like, you know, like the Hot Toys mall, we can move their eyes around with this toothpick thing. I'm pretty sure you can do the same thing on uh egg attack okay and it is it's just like geeky's got those eyes you know looking. he's giving us a look yeah, like it, right it's a you. look are you looking at me you know, <laughs> you know it's one of those deals like I, it, he's almost going to go into you know a robert de niro movie speech you talking you know to I mean? me you exactly yeah. He's gonna stab us with his <laughs> lightsaber in the head. But no, I mean, Geeky 83 and, and a lot of these artists that have been breaking out these newer egg attacks have really reminded me why I want cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when I realized that that line exists. I mean, I can remember being at Celebration 2017 in Orlando and we flew there, but my dumbass was still buying egg attacks that I could not get online for a good price from the show because, you know, they were old, you couldn't get them, but people had them at the show for a good price. Just, I had to get the Vader, the Kylo, the Stormtroopers, the this and that. And yeah. this mall is just, yeah, it's a good line. I mean, if you like that chibi aesthetic, the the Funko Pop, this is like Funko Pop on steroids. Yeah. It's like a Funko Pop hot toy, yeah. if you will. The the level up. I know that our, our good friend Greggy Bird, Greggu Snaps, was a, was a egg attack connoisseur as well. He had some good egg attack shots back in the day. So um, good to see this line popping up in the feed. Always fun to look at. Um, and this mall definitely looks intimidating, but guess what? There's another mall that looks intimidating Ooh, and it's the one theme going right on. below it. And this is from at tank six, six, six. And again, uh, we're seeing the viciousness of mall, but this time not with the chibi aesthetic with a true to life form of the hot toys. Um, and man, like, j so what we see is mall going head to head with a predator um, and I mean, th these two figures just going at it, I don't know why it seems natural, but it does like, it I, I dude, I was just about to say, you know what, this, this seems natural. Yeah. And, and we've talked about it. I mean, I, I, I think it was a year or two ago. I pointed out in, it was one of the star Wars comic books, the proper star Wars run laying the rebels, whatever they, they had to go to this planet and there's this collector like person there. And in their collection, no fucking joke was a predator helmet and a xenomorph skull. skull yeah i remember it's just it, everyone's in on the, the the joke that predator and alien are in the same universe as star wars it's just it has kind of become a fan generated th thing that the creators have have kind of acknowledged and nick is right seeing star wars and, and predator or star wars and alien together it just it seems natural as he said. Yeah, no, it, it, it just works. And I mean, this shot works so well because he like tanks has done such a good job of, 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 you know, like having these two essentially in a grapple, you know, battle that's happening. You see the, like the predators, like 
chain whip kind of around. It seems like it's around Maul in some way, firing off yeah, his shoulder. Yeah, like going around his arm. There. Yeah, like yep. firing off his shoulder cannon. Maul's lightsaber is kind of, um, you know, ignited and, and, and coming at the, the Predator from the side. And just like the articulation that 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 Predator face has and again like the the moving eye like being able to move Maul's eyes to look at his figure his focus just just sells the the intensity of the action so much more in this shot yeah and Bat brought up a good point we have to acknowledge E.T. is also part of the Star Wars universe much more so than even Predator and Alien I mean he literally is in the in the fucking Senate. So <laughs> that's very true. I mean, he is. He is a senator. They, they are in there. At this point, pretty much anything Spielberg made is also Star Wars canon. Yeah, so Jaws is in the Star in Wars there. universe as I'm well. I'm surprised we haven't seen a giant Jaws, like a giant great Space white just Jaws. fucking jump out of the water on Camino yeah. one time or something like that. <laughs> well yeah. Dave Filoni's still alive, my friend. So yeah. you never know. One day. But yeah, at Tanks666, great job there. And again, Nick, like I said, if you get a mall figure, you're allowed to move his eyes. And look how just that slight tweak on that figure sells that 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 burning intensity Maul is having for fighting this predator exactly. right now. So exactly. great shot. Beautiful, beautiful. Next up, this is at Masso Art. And, and Masso has taken the same treatment to Vader as episode three of Kenobi did breathing him in flame as he watches Kenobi dragged yeah. through the fire. And this, it's giving me another tattoo idea. Oh, it, it's like our, our, our real ass painters are starting to, 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 to get this mushy creative mind going oh, yeah. on some body. Art. I mean, it's beautiful. So in this shot, you, like, like I said, you see Vader amongst the flames, lightsaber ignited. And in the reflection of his eyes, you see those again, that flame lick through um, just the incredible use of coloration to get the reflection of the fire off of Vader's all black suit. Um, I like the style that he took with the lightsaber because that style is actually very reminiscent of lightsaber crystal types in Star Wars, the old Republic video game that I used to play a lot. I mean, even the small details in his suit, you know, uh, having some of the lights on his rebreather, um, it, it, you know, turned on some of them turned off the, the striations of the lines down his suit as well. Um, just overall, a, a beautiful portrayal of Vader by. I, uh, I I think my favorite part is is the helmet and the eyes and the reflection oh yeah. in there. You know, it, it you know Vader at this stage does have the red eye helmet. And I know that's a thing for some people because he has red eyes in A New Hope. I mean, you can see David's eyes a lot of the time if you if you catch the right light yeah. source. I think that for, I, I dig that man. Like like, Masso's just Vader head. Slap it right on my arm. Yeah, you know what I that's mean? what I was gonna say. I, I I feel like what's really sold this like this particular Vader to you is having the flames incorporated, like having the fire yeah. there, and you know that that like the fire in his eyes just as just as like a straight head portrait. Yeah, would I think would be make for a very very good looking tattoo. Definitely. And then yeah. I could get then I could get scoundrels and have them like kissing each other and, and have it be some sort of, you know, message of, of peace and unity yeah, or something yeah. like you that. You get on, on the other arm. You do like <laughs> I did. I kind of started it to where one of my arms is Sith and then one of my arms is, is, is light side. So, there you, go. you know, maybe you can go for something like hey, that. I, I got a lot of sit around time coming up. Maybe I should yeah. finally plan out a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. 
I, Could you imagine that rolling into a parlor with a busted <laughs> ass leg and knee and sitting for a tattoo hey, dude, for hours? All, I'm sure that's a good all idea. All you have to do is sit anyway. So I guess it doesn't really matter yeah, where you right. sit. <laughs> you're right. You know? It might be good to have like another pain point yeah, on the body take, too to take my mind take off. Take some of it away from the leg. There you go. So at Masso Art here with this absolutely. Oh, look, look at this. We're, we're getting a we're getting an Easter egg from one Devin Doty, a.k.a. the Super Scoundrel. Apparently, Masso's been getting some cameo work. Oh, there you this. go. There you go. Rightfully Devin's so. Devin's opening up the cameo empire to <laughs> other real-ass <laughs> painters that have been featured on the you show. You reach out to, turning into... Reach out to Savvy and see if you can get her some work, too, because her stuff deserves oh, to she, be up dude, there. Dude, she just had a shot fucking skyrocket. I forget what happened. It... It might have been the official Star Wars account um, featured it. It was a shot of uh, Leia looking at a portrait of her mother mm. on that boo, and it just it, it fucking went yeah. bonsai, and and she put something in her story, and I reply I replied, I just like clapped or something. Yeah. Like she's a fun hey, she is a fun Star Wars fan to follow. Yeah. That's all I can she, say. She, I, I just she she's so fucking positive and happy about. The franchise, it, it feels eternal good. spring you know of I mean? positivity for sure. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So so fucking happy about it all. I mean, she won like the she won some contest at celebration, like the, a miming contest or something. <laughs> I, I I watch all this shit, people. I love Star Wars fans until I get on the show, and then I get cranky and hate them. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> So, last one uh, on the top five this week is at Paul Brown. This is so 12. cool, dude. I, I'm, I'm glad you picked it because this is one of the, the the last shots I think I featured for the week running. Yeah. So, what we see is <laughs> is Grandmaster Yoda, Hobo Yoda, as as some of uh, of us call him. From I got to ask you before you go too much more into this. Okay. Does a does a Yoda line stand out to you when you see this shot? Yeah, lu- luminous beings we are. And, you know, when he's yes, talking to to Luke on Dagobah, you know, not this crude yep. matter when he like reaches onto his arm. Yes, you know. that's when I without even like looking at the caption, I don't know if, if um, Paul Brown used that line, but that's that's exactly what I, I felt. I felt it yeah. through the image. Luminous beings we are for sure. Yeah. So so what you see is is Yoda on Dagobah just sitting amongst the, the trees and little little lights could be fireflies, could be other beings from Dagobah, just lighting uh, the the space around him. And then you see the the starlit sky in the background. And you know Yoda sequestered himself on Dagobah to make sure that his presence was not found. But you would have to imagine that there were some nights of peace like this during his his time on on that well, hey, muck. W- we're seeing it. What the hell does he have to worry yeah. about? The Empire's either chasing the Bad Batch around during these years or hounding Kenobi. I mean, there's been a lot of memes on that of Yoda. You know, Yoda's just fucking hanging out, eating mushrooms on Dagobah while, while Kenobi's being chased by Inquisitors, the Empire, Darth Vader. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. He is in ultimate chill mode. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, this shot, it's, it's, it's a very rare thing that we've ever gotten to see just... Yoda in pure serenity and it's yeah. it's very nice to that that Paul Brown cooked up something like this and and, and shared it on his page so it's very nice piece here he's like he's like yeah. let, 
let young Kenobi deal with that shit. I'm too old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like Bale tried to call Yoda and Yoda just fucking didn't yeah, answer the phone. Like, just no, he's no. Like, it's fuck you, sleeping. Yeah, yeah it's like I'm, I'm almost 900 years old. Yeah, it's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. They got plenty younger people than me to deal with that. But he's like, I was around when we ruined the High Republic yeah. and turned into a bunch of hubris assholes. What, what good am I? Yeah. Oh man. So that's it at Paul Brown 12 with this very serene Yoda on Dagobah shot closes out the top five for the week. Matt's got his power back. So he has enough time to bring that you was fun. home. So Matt, <laughs> let's close out the show. What an episode of the show. I mean, what can I say? If you weren't here from the beginning, you, you got to tune in. It was a roller coaster. It, it, it opened with me getting pouty over other fans opinions and wanting to walk off the show to towards the end of the show, Nick and I having to do some sort of a a hustle segment before my power ran out and all my devices turned off. But then it came back, so we got to slow things down and kind of have a nice little end cap to the fan segment and the top five. Oh, man. Hey, that's the Star Wars Time Show, my friends. If there's no other reason to kind of let other people in on this secret or to talk about it in your socials, I don't know what to give you. I don't think you're getting this any other Star Wars fan podcast. It's about as real and as raw and as personal as it gets. Uh, we don't go too much into the cheerleader, super positive stuff, and we don't really get into the, the hate stuff. We're just kind of the Star Wars time show. And then there's always time for Star Wars time, as we've been trying to tell you all. Yes, my friends, it is over. I am. Uh, I was kind of testing myself today to kind of see how the, the leg would hold up, and it ain't holding up well. Uh, so I know the, the two to two and a half hours is probably going to be my limit at the, at the top end, at least until they get me on some sort of crack cocaine <laughs> to numb this pain. Um, but it just, we didn't have many other topics to get into anyways, but Hey, you, you still got two fifteen. There, there's no discord or Patreon to tap into. I've seen another fan cast pop up with the, the old handout. We don't do it. We just want you to ha- come have some fun, talk some shit, get some shit talked at you by the end. We'll all feel better about ourselves and hopefully know a bit more about that star Wars universe and what you actually need to be paying attention to. That's how we roll, all right? There truly is always time for Star Wars time, so don't forget, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dogs, StarWarsTime.net, the best place to go on the internet to find all the other places that we are on the internet. Don't forget, if you see any of our short-form content popping up, we'd love for you to share it within your own socials. That's the best way to support the Star Wars time show. No money needed, just that support makes me happy, makes me sad when I don't see it. Uh, that's, you know, we all know I've got mental issues. Uh, but when I'm going through those feeds and I see other fan podcasts getting their short form content shared, and oh, look at their insights. And we've been doing that for years and I've never seen that. It bums me out a bit. I am a human after all. So let's go. Help us out. Make me happy. I don't, I don't ask for a lot, but I need it now, my friends. I've, I've put on a front today, but I can tell you right now, my head is in a fucking toilet. I'm looking at some scary surgery coming up on Thursday with no promise of feeling any better for half a year. So I'm not in the best place right now. That's why I need that Star Wars time show love. May the force be with you all. If you listen, it will. That's how we roll here. Like Kenobi told Luke, 
in the cockpit of Red 5. The Force will be with you. Always. Always. 